too much uh, fan because you know it's hot as fucking balls yeah don't worry about it mine's on too <laughs> this is literally the same thing that lamb and i said when we started recording yeah, on thursday yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> hey i paid 200 dollars for a plug-in to pretend like there's not a fan in the background so oh, okay well see You're let's not mean. worry about it too much i'm not i'm not everybody listening probably has a fan in the background right now right so they just think it's theirs yeah i blame it on them <laughs> You got a week vacation, inadvertently. Oh, I oh, know. <laughs> Feeling better? Yeah, definitely. But, you know, still, I don't know what it is. I, guess, I think I've talked about it before. I need to go to the doctor. I need to figure out what's going on with my insides. Mm. That gut thing again, huh? Yeah, I'm going to try a diet. I'm going to try keto or something like that. Yeah, you should try the, maybe you have the uh celiac or yeah no, i've made an, i've made it enough fun of people with gluten problems that i probably have contracted it myself yeah i have <laughs> i have a friend who i have a friend who used to make fun of all that shit now he has continual gut problems i don't yeah, believe, no, i mean i don't necessarily believe in that kind of karma but you know no 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 it's just fun, it's just funny to make the point it's like yeah i never believed in it oh until i got it Damn it, now it exists. You know, it's like, oh, people with flaky skin or something like that. That never happened. Fuck. <laughs> yeah. And I used to tell anyway. people all the time, I don't get pimples. Except oh. when I was a teenager. And then I had one and I'm like, apparently I do. Yeah. Oh, no, I was just waiting to be an adult to have pimples. Yeah. In awkward places too. Like, how does that happen on the tip of my nose? <laughs> <laughs> well, that I've started to realize as I've gotten older. Usually comes from if you're drinking from like pint glasses and things in bars very often. Uh, that's a good call. Because, um, I mean, having been on the back end of the bar world and seeing just kind of how, I mean, bartenders are lazy. <laughs> Especially with the rim jobs. A lot of, yeah, a lot of times they're back there and they're, you know, they like to put on the front, but sometimes, and I'm not saying all of bartenders, but in my experience, a lot of times bartenders are lazy. And especially if they're given the uh, the luxury of a bar back. Mm-hmm. Now, and then even the bar backs are like overwhelmed because they're expected to do, you know, a lot of different shit. And I've watched them and, you know, number one rule, don't ever get a chilled glass. If you're going to yeah. drink beer or anything, never get a chilled glass. Because what happens is that they're most likely just going through it real quick and they, you can't trust that they've got those triple sinks, you know, organized correctly as far as the hot water, the bleach and the, the, uh, the sanitizer and the clean, all that stuff. Chances are what you're getting is last dunk is the sanitizer and that's going straight into the fridge. And now you just have a nice frosty glass of sanitizer. sanitizer. <laughs> and, yeah. I can't, I just literally, it's so funny. We're talking about this. I heard something the other day they were talking about, people getting something from drinks in bars Mm. and somebody, you know, nothing like serious, you know, like colds or something like that. Right. And somebody's like, Oh, alcohol is a sanitizer. Like sure. (laughs) Pure grain alcohol is a sanitizer. Everclear is not. (laughs) Beer is not strong enough to get you drunk off of like three sips. It's not clean enough to, I mean, strong enough to kill an airborne illness. And you know, most people are ordering, you know, 
Coors Light and shit. That's just water. Yeah, I mean, even an IPA couldn't do it, right? You no, can't light I, it on fire; it won't kill a germ. Exactly. Yeah, no, you're not. You're not going to be out in the wilderness and going to, you know, avoid getting sepsis or gangrene or some shit from pouring a, a heavy stout on your fucking leg. Yeah, I'm pretty sure putting yeast into a wound. Yeah, it's is even worse. <laughs> <laughs> It's like, oh, now I have an infection and a yeast infection. <laughs> uh, no, but you know, welcome all back. That, all about that craft beer life. Ah, <laughs> uh, shit. Yeah, no. Um, yeah, no. I, I feel, I feel better, but you know, I just, I don't know. It happens. It's life. I'm old. It happens, and right now, I think it would be the best time if you were getting over something, because you're gonna sweat anything out of you. Oh yeah, Pretty, no. But, Anybody not in California right now? Anybody not in the Bay Area right now? It's really hot. Like, uh, what's that? What's that thing I, I sent you guys today? It was like, yeah, ninety six, but feels like one hundred and four. Yeah, yeah, sweatier than the Satan's, Satan's balls or something. Satan's steaming sack. <laughs> yeah, have you seen? I mean, have you ever seen that app? It's Carrot Weather. No, I have not. I was actually going to look that up and ask you about it because I was. It must have been a non iPhone thing because I saw it said add widget. So. Yeah, I could. It's. It, I paid five dollars or something like that, or I don't know, fifteen dollars, mm. something like that, to get the snarky responses. Oh, okay. Yeah, so you can you can dial it up and it'll tell you it's fucking hot or <laughs> it's going to be fucking sunny. And I'm like, yeah. yeah, I'm I'm the kind of person that that yeah, that I might get... seem silly to everybody else, but to me, I'm like, that's 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 made for me. That's how I <laughs> want it to be given to me. Yeah, exactly. And I'm it gets you in a robot voice too. It's great. Oh, beautiful. It's going to be fucking sunny today. <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean, I'm cloud sure. looks like two rabbits fucking. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure anybody else, you know, that lives in areas where it is hot is just like, oh, come on, get the fuck over it. But, you know, to go from a stark contrast, I mean, I, I run hot anyway. So I don't care where I go. If it's hot, I'm fairly miserable. Yeah, and I, the thing too is it's humid. We're not used to hu- as much humidity. Yeah, yeah I mean, no, I'm decent humidity but fuck yeah no all day today i thought something was crawling down my leg but it was just sweat yeah and i'm in a i'm in a carpeted room right now yeah so am i so am i and i'm in the front room of the house which um just takes all sunlight all day so it's just been you know accumulating like a camel just kind of storing up all the heat i got the windows open but still i'm i'm sitting here practically naked i look like a piece of uh Silly putty that got rolled around in the bottom of a barbershop floor. <laughs> I bought a I bought a kiddie pool for the dog just to throw him in it, keep him cool. <laughs> yeah, no, exactly. Go all out for him. Yeah, the best thing about it is it's <laughs> it's pink. It was the only one they had. It's pink and has rainbows and unicorns on. <laughs> I would use that. <laughs> well, I was thinking. I'm like. Uh, I'm, you know, the first couple times I take him in there because he's a little skittish about things. Yeah. I'm gonna have to get in there with him. I'm like, mm-hmm. what's the neighbor happens to peek over the fence and sees <laughs> in, a, in a pink kitty pool, blow up kitty pool with rainbows and <laughs> unicorns on it. Yeah, as a little lap dog. It's like, hmm, what's going on over there? I don't think I want him around the children. I don't know. Actually, I think that sounds like a party. Party, party in the pool, yeah. the tiny pool where everybody can put one foot in. That's a weird party. That's disgusting. That's a foot fetish party. I just don't. I mean, I just don't trust everybody's feet. There's other parts of their bodies that I I trust less. <laughs> <laughs> but I think if it's my point is, if you got a bad foot, eh, I can probably tell you by the rest of it, it's probably yeah. 
Mm, that's yeah. true. Usually, what what do they say? Uh, how you do one thing is how you do everything. Yeah. Yeah. So you, if you're a half-ass washer on your foot, you're probably not doing a good job anywhere else. And it's probably not, you know, maybe not be intentional, but you know, just it just means you kind of overlook things, you know. Yeah. I got. I just bought a new floof or foof or poof or whatever they called. You know, the little little ball of plastic sheets they turn into a little scrubber. I just bought a new. Oh, one. I know what you mean. Well, it was called poofs. I think it's called a poof. Yeah, I'm not sure what it's called. I know exactly I, I, what you're talking about. Yeah, it's got the little rope on it, and it's yeah. just yeah. Get a nice, nice hot pink one. Uh, no, this one's white. Ah, I, I, was, I feel weird about buying things to clean with white things. I'm like, I'm not yeah, sure I want to know how like dirty the, I was. I feel like that fishing line plastic doesn't really retain stains all that much. So yeah, that's good. We're good. That's true. I don't know. We'll I, find out. Be an experiment. I'll let you know next week. I last time when we had when we had coffee, I I, t- I teased you that I had follow up on something. Oh yeah. So, I do have follow-up. Uh, been, uh, yeah. I think you're going to enjoy this follow-up. <laughs> I'm sure everyone else is going to enjoy it as well. For, for anybody that uh, doesn't remember, several episodes ago or several Tom episodes ago, we talked about Fatiana. <laughs> and friend of the show, Nova, found something on the internet and sent me a screenshot. So when I'm going to read these are not her words. This okay. is just something she found, 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 found on the internet. Fatiana. It can stand for that hoe over there. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Thoughts usually have lost their virginity at a young age oh. and loves partying. I'm reading the words exactly as they are. Perfect. A thought is usually active on social media, especially Instagram and Snapchat. On Instagram, she can fa- be found in pictures of her in the heart filter and is usually half naked. Mm-hmm. On Snapchat, she is most likely posting videos of her obnoxiously, obnoxiously lips... Oh, I think it's supposed to say lip syncing to rap songs Uh, mm -hmm. while playing with her hair, thinking (laughs) she looks like Kim K. (laughs) I'm I'm guessing that's Kim Kardashian. I would assume so. Uh, Probably wears Calvin Klein, Jordans, pink Victoria's Secrets. And the Victoria's Secrets in parentheses, is pink like a subdivision of Victoria's Secrets? Yeah, yeah, it's like a different brand or like a brand within the brand. Okay. I think the first time I read it, I was just imagining pink underwear. Yeah, no. Um, I like that better probably um <laughs> and nike hats she thinks she's the perfect girl and she doesn't care what anyone thinks about her uh-huh. it may come across as a fake conceited shallow dumb bitch mm-hmm. <laughs> but deep Again, down not chad's words <laughs> <laughs> but deep down she is insecure and unfortunately the only way she gets confidence is by getting validation from men on social media by posting pictures showing off her figure mm. is, that the, is that the busting down part uh, no, I think I, I'm not sure because what I read when we looked up bust down that, that was just kind of like basically shove their face down and screw them. Oh, that's what that's one of the things I read. I don't know if that's true. Okay. Um, next time you you see a thought, be nicer to them. They still haven't developed fully yet. But hey, if you're a thought, embrace it and bust down, Tatiana. <laughs> Okay, I did, there's so many things to be said about this, but what I find particularly interesting about this is the faux politeness of this thing, right? Oh yeah, it's eighty percent of it is talking shit, calling this person fake, conceited, right. shallow, dumb bitch, and at yeah. the end, and then at the end, maybe just to save face publicly, saying, "But it's not their fault." Yeah, no, give them a hug. Hug your yeah. local Fatiana. 
Yeah, when you can say all this shit about them behind their back, but you know, if you're going to post up a couple paragraphs online, make sure that you say that. You know, oh, she doesn't care what people think about her, but then two sentences later, I'm saying that she has no self confidence. I'm suspect to these kind of terms. Ah, the internet. Yes. So for everybody that wanted to know that from Tom and me, (laughs) from the two most uh, uh, prominent experts and uh, voices on the. The, on the topic of, of hip hop and R and B lyrics, <laughs> <laughs> please please tune in for the further adventures of white guys talking about stuff yeah. that people don't actually want them to talk about. Yeah, for that demographic, you know, when they see that, who 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 are we reaching right now? And it's the like, you know, the eighteen to twenty fours. We're that always that low percentage of you know mid thirties to uh, late four. <laughs> Yeah, we're reading this to people just as confused by the terminology as we are. Probably. Well, you know, I've, I've shown that song to a couple more people since then. and Did their brains melt? It just the looks on the faces is always just like like Mowgli when he tries to smile in Jungle Book. <laughs> mixed, mixed with like, oh shit, what did I just do? Mixed with, the fuck is that smell? <laughs> oh, like in uh, Friends, what, what Joey calls fart acting. Yeah, so... It was just a mixture of that. And then, again, I couldn't get through like a minute of the song. Um, yeah, I think the... But it's like, it, you know, it's slowly growing on me because it is so bad. It like does get stuck in my head. The The most egregious part of that song really is the fact that he has absolutely no rhythm <laughs> and he's completely out of key. Well, that's, you know, that's another... That's a whole other style though these days of like... And, I, and the, the conversation I had to, you know, have to be aware and to actually defend the song and you know that style and everything that happens is if i played some people like some old school jazz where you got a dude fucking skitting and scatting you know like cab calloway fucking you know going all making all kinds of funny noises and kind of make you know stretching his voice out and going all kinds of you know going crazy as he does it's no different than these guys that don't open their mouth all the way and kind of like talk as if they're high as fuck on Valium and fucking Robitussin. Um, I still feel like if you're going to rap though, you got to be on rhythm. That's kind of a rule. You know, and, and we're talking about someone, one of my favorite and I'm, I'm not, first of all, I'm not just cause I'm about to say I have a favorite rapper. I'm not going to say that I am a hip hop <laughs> connoisseur, but my favorite is RZA from Wu-Tang. And he's someone who goes off rhythm all the time. Yeah. But it's it's like it's on purpose, and then the way he brings it back. Yeah, he's got a bit of eloquency to what he's doing. Yeah, it's like broken on purpose. It's kind of like that's why I think of when you say jazz. It's like jazz, where it's like I'm going to go off the rhythm here, mm-hmm. but then when I come back, you'll understand that I knew what I was doing the whole time. Yeah. But this guy just sounds like he doesn't know what he's doing. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. But it's I like mean, no. I could do better than that. I, I'm positive of it. Mm-hmm. I'm not going to try, so don't I ask. I, I think I hear you know material for a future. Uh, uh, Patreon piece. Oh Lord! <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I would say if I got twenty new patrons tomorrow, I would do it. Cover <laughs> I would do it. Oh Lord! I would embarrass myself for twenty new patrons. I like this. I like we make this happen. Um. But, uh, yeah. So that that I I felt like that was an important follow up. You know, sometimes we we have to follow up on these hard hitting journalism that we do. It is. It is and it helps me because, you know, in my furthering adventures of of thoughtism, um 
I get to have a little bit more, you know, in my, in my tank, a little bit more to bring up, a little bit more to add to the conversation. Because uh, I think you just named the episode. <laughs> <laughs> my adventures in thoughtism. Further adventures in thoughtism. <laughs> Oh, oh, that might be taken the wrong way. It does sound a little too close to autism, doesn't it? <laughs> I don't have a problem with being a little bit um, antagonistic. No, that's not the word I'm looking for. Uh, what's the it's word not even spelled the same, so we don't have to worry about it. What's the, what's the word where you... Provocative. There's the yeah. word. Provocateur. So uh, here's a question. Yep. Uh, does your brain slow down when it's hot? Yes. And I actually... like. Okay. I was, so it's not just me. No, yeah. And I was having this conversation, um, I think it was actually this morning, because it was hot as shit going to bed. Because, I mean, my house doesn't have AC, so I got to rely yeah, on lights out throughout the day, um, you know, blinds closed, fans going. And then as soon as it kind of changes to start to cool down a little bit, windows open, fans going to kind of circulate the air, and then just hope that it's chilly enough at night to where I get kind of some bit of, uh, you know, uh, a break in the in the air temp, but uh, I fucking went to sleep so so hot last night, and I woke up this morning just stressed the fuck out because I had minor flashes of remembering like dreams, but I just know that I kept waking up in the sense of like stress and like kind of anxiety, and it just causes me. And I, I think about it in the past, and it has happened multiple times, and it's like my head just feels like it's working harder, and I think the heat just brings out like my just my despair in just being and existing. So yeah, I have like my, one of my, my problems is, you know, like um, most of, most of my time, well, I want to say it like that. Cause it sounds like I'm trying to like be a fucking show off or something. A lot of time I spend on my own is reading, whether yeah. it's, you know, whether it's uh, books or, you know, articles or whatever, just, I, I, I read a lot. Um, but when my brain is like slowed down like this in the heat, I have a real, real problem concentrating. So sometimes I'm like, I'm reading something. I'm like, I'm bored. Yeah. And it's because I can't like fully get immersed in it. And yeah, I, feel like, yeah. I, I mean, I feel like we should, the, the, you know, the, the great writers who have come from places with hot climates, you know, if uh, mm-hmm. Egyptian novelists and, you know, um, even people from Arizona <laughs> or, or from the South or, you know, from down near the Amazon, you know, yeah. any, any of those people that have written great books deserve probably three times more credit than they get because they have to be fighting through this haze all the time. Yeah. Cause you're definitely uh, kind of building up a kind of almost becomes your identity, you know, cause if you're stuck in it and it's just, it's part of who you are, it's part of your makeup now. Um, because you have to have any like a, a type of comfortability to to read something, a type a certain level of comfortability to write something, you know, for your brain to function. Unless you know well, that doesn't, I guess, have to be a hundred percent infallible statement. It could be, you know, great things and stuff can come from uh, the opposite, uncomfortability and turmoil. And um, yeah, but the consistency of it is the strength, right? Where you're like, I wrote one book when it was really hot. Okay, cool. Yeah, I wrote all my books when it was hot. It's fucking hot. Yeah. Okay, now that's a different level of commitment. <laughs> yeah. I, not to mention, you know, the the just the, the, I suppose people that live in hot climates maybe are used to this, but just the smarmy, disgusting feeling of your body yeah. when it's hot. Oh yeah. Like, have you ever been to the south? Mm-hmm. I when I went to New Orleans for the first time, the only time, 
it was so hot. And I remember just sitting outside going, Oh God, what do you do? Yeah. You know, like, just like I wanted to pat down every part of my body. Yeah. And you just get used to it, I guess. I don't know. I, I was in Florida, um, like just after like middle school. So sometime around what being, what was it 14, 15? Um, and it was like, yeah, it just, it was my kind of first, or no, actually the first memory I have of like super humidity it's, uh, was in Virginia going to like, um, mm, yeah. Washington. And, um, oh God, just like, I never, as a child being like, oh, I thought I only got this wet when I was in the pool. Like, you're just constantly dripping, moist, you know, yeah. like, and even going to Chicago, it blew me away when I went last September. Like, that fuck, I didn't realize it got that fucking hot over there. Like I'm walking around and same thing. I'm like, I feel like I'm back in Florida or fucking, you know, Texas where just everything is, I mean, Texas is a little bit more dry, but it just causes you to sweat and you're just going to, you know, for at least for me, and you're just going to be moist all the time. So I'm just like, you know, I feel like I just took all my clothes out of the, the, the wash just a little bit too early, <laughs> you know? And it's like, I can't, you can't, I don't know, for me, I can't sleep comfortably because mm-hmm. it's not I'm sleeping inside moisture. It's like, I don't know. It's, it's a different type of living. And it's, I know people that can do it easy. But for me, yeah. The worst I ever had was I went to Bosnia once. Mm. And I don't know what the temperature was there, but it was the hottest of anywhere that I've ever been. Yeah. Um, with the exception of one time that I was in, was I in Reno? Yeah, I was in Reno and it was 115. Yeah, uh, yeah. But we didn't go outside, so I didn't really experience it. But when I was in Bosnia, we were in like a out uh, like a, an, a rural place. Mm-hmm. We weren't in a city, so like the the hotels were really just kind of like houses. Yeah. So you come outside, and I remember I walked outside. I was wearing nothing but a tank top and shorts, and I walked outside, and it was like one, two, three. Oh God! And I had to go back <laughs> inside. And I had to discover why men use talcum powder in their pants in hot climates. Oh, yeah. Because if you don't, you will just, I mean, you will tear up your legs. (laughs) Because wet cotton against skin back and forth as you walk all day. I I, I shouldn't say just men. I I suppose the same thing would happen to women too. Of course. We we just happen to have... (laughs) Something that exacerbates the situation dangling there as well. Oh yeah, yeah. I mean, you got a little bit extra. I think you know, you get a little bit extra fabric down there. You get a little bit extra fur. Some people, you know, you got a little bit more things causing friction. Um, But uh, no, I agree. I uh, I've never partaken in the powder um, of of any sort. Um, And uh, but I could see the I could see the benefits. You know, I, I literally, I had no, I don't remember who told me. Somebody's like, oh, just put some baby powder. I'm like, what the fuck? You, no, that's gross. And then you do it and you're like, oh, I understand. I love this. This is my thing now. This is who I am. I this feel like a identity. human being again, <laughs> instead of like a, a, a dripping wet savage from, you know, like I just came out of the swamp. Yeah. And that's why they call it swamp ass. Yeah. No, it's also because it's, like it's a really little, the ass, right? It's like a little micro, uh, um, Little mini ecosystem inside your butt cheeks. <laughs> little microaggression. <laughs> <laughs> it's like a, what's it? A ger- gerarium. Oh, or a terrarium with the little f- f- with the moss. 
Yeah, but the the terrarium the, the is the is the one with water in it. Is that what the difference is? I think yeah. I think the main difference is one of them. It's like a fish tank without fish. Uh-huh. Yeah, something like that. I don't know. I'm not an expert in it. It was just uh, it was we're not experts on anything. No, no. <laughs> I'll fucking talk about it. I'll bring it up. I'll fucking introduce it and then just oh what no no I don't know any more about it. We'll just leave that at be. I just wanted to mention it just because I look like I sound. I look like I sound. Jesus Christ. Uh, you know what I watched last week um, for the first time? I don't know why I bought it like a year ago, but I finally sat down and watched Hateful Eight. Have you seen that? Uh, I have yet to see that one. I, I would always skim over it if it came up on um, borrowed uh, Netflix or you know movie streaming um, uh, apps. But uh, yeah, no, I haven't. I mean, I'm aware of it, and I feel like uh, I know enough of what's going on that I wasn't like excited enough about it. This like just sit through and see the the two what is it two half hours of whatever it is yeah it's two hours and forty five minutes yeah yeah so um I don't know I, I'll, I was I'll get around to it eventually I went into it with like zero expectations yeah um, I mean I like Quentin Tarantino don't get don't get me wrong but like like the way it was described I was like meh whatever and then I started watching it and like the first I think it's the first hour and a half or the first hour somewhere in there. I was like, wow, I love this movie. This movie is so good. I love old westerns. Like, yeah, I, like I love uh, Sergio Leone, you know, like Once Upon a Time in the West and yep. and that, or uh, even McCabe and Miss Miller with um, Warren Beatty. Yeah. And, and the, the first hour and a half, it kind of felt like one of those movies. Mm-hmm. I was like, oh, is this going to be, is this going to be his masterpiece for me? You know, like everybody has like yeah. one piece by an artist where you're like, this is, that one is, that, that's mine. Yeah, you could erase all other things they did. Just leave me that one. Exactly. And I was really feeling that way. And then all of a sudden, he just shit the bed. <laughs> like, literally, like the the next like hour and 40 minutes or whatever, I was... I mean, it was all right. But I was like, man, you fucked it up. You just ruined it. Mm. <laughs> and I, was, I haven't been that bummed out by watching a movie in a long time because um, I was so into it. And then it just... He got two Tarantino. <laughs> you know, it's it's like he, it was like somebody that was trying to be Tarantino and it was doing a really good job of it, but almost too good of a job of it. Yeah, where you're like, wow, this is you know, like this is feeling like a a gritty western. And then like the you know, like the the over the over exaggerated like um, you know exploding blood from Kill Bill. Yeah, shit like that comes in, and you're like, oh, dude, yeah, it's like unnecessary. You didn't need it. You didn't need it, or my okay. I'm not. I'm not ruining anything about the movie because trust me, there are lots. It is a long fucking movie, so this isn't a plot point. But hour and a half in the movie, the thing that ruined it for me. Well, t- two things is number one, Samuel L. Jackson, who is doing a very good job of, of playing, um, someone from that time. I don't know what the time is. You know, it's after the Civil War, so what? I don't. They don't yeah, tell you exactly what year it is, but he's wearing like a. Civil War uniform, so it's close to after. Yeah, he's, yeah, he's he's a and he's a Union soldier, right? Yeah, 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 yeah. Well, he's black, so he'd have well, to. Be. That nah, uh, there was. I don't think I don't think they no. had any. The rebels didn't have any black soldiers. They just didn't. go on. I, uh, I don't think they did. They might have had them. Remember, that's what they were supposedly fighting over. So there's more to the anyway. Anyway, there's more to the Civil War than just. Of course there was. It was about states' rights and a whole bunch of other crap and 
and economics and everything. Just like now, we hide everything behind one thing. But that was the, the we'll say the publicized issue. Anyways, mm-hmm. so he's doing a good job. And then all of a sudden, he starts talking about his dick. And he's not using words from 18-whatever. Yeah. Okay. He's using right. words like Johnson. Right. Um, dingus. And I'm like, oh, Tarantino, come on now. You know better. And, and, it's, and it's like, oh, he's just, okay, I can live with it. If that's it, you know, it's, it's only like three times. Mm-hmm. And then literally an hour and a half into the movie, Tarantino comes in as a narrator. You haven't had a narrator for the first hour and a half, and then suddenly we have a narrator. No, no, can't do it. That's like something you do just like, <laughs> I'm being so clever right now. It's like, now you shit the bed. <laughs> yeah. See, that doesn't, that doesn't work for me. I can't, you know, that kind of inconsistency and just kind of, uh, you know, kind of sporadic way of thinking. And Not to mention he's a shitty narrator. Well, yeah. Have you ever heard of an interview of him? Yeah, narrators have like really strong <laughs> reading voices. Tarantino yeah. does not have one of those voices. Now, if, if fucking Morgan Freeman pops up on there and starts telling me what the fuck's going on, talking about right. and fucking who A's, I'm into it. Yeah, so I, I was just so bummed. I was like, ah. Oh. So now my I think my rule is just going to be I watch the first hour and a half of that movie over and over again. And it's mm-hmm. like watching a movie. <laughs> <laughs> some movies are only an hour and a half long. Because <laughs> I really like the beginning. And it was such a good setup. You know, like the, the, the thing about the, the narrator that's even more annoying is the reason that first hour, hour and a half is so burp, number one, um, is so good is because you're not positive what's going on. And it, everything is just kind of stacking up. And you're, you're, and you're going, okay, so oh, maybe this is the situation. Maybe this is it. And that's kind of what's propelling that whole part is that nobody's there explaining to you what's going on. So like there's this mystery piling up and as a and in a good way. And it was very masterfully done to where you it's it's compelling. You're like, I want to find out what's what's up with this guy. Okay, wait, is this guy this guy good or is this guy bad? And then all of a sudden you have blah 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 blah. And I'm like, dude, I know you could do it without the narrator. But he's he's obsessed with that um, Alfred Hitchcock thing of being a cameo in every one of his movies, and I think like when you have such a condensed plot and such a condensed cast, mm-hmm. the only way that he could think to maybe to be make his cameo was as a narrator. Yeah, but which is just awful. But what do you like? I mean, maybe you're not trying to like you know copy or emulate you know just any other or particular movie or selection of movies from, you know, back in the day or whatever. But it's like, where does that, where can you even kind of parallel that to who else did that? Where halfway through the movie, all of a sudden they just come in and just start narrating. Like, I don't, I can't recall that being part of any successful film I've ever seen. Yeah. That's like uh, the one, one, I this is not a successful film by any shape of the imagination, but there was a movie. Was it Charlize Theron? Something about the face. Where that she had face blindness, like face she could, blindness. Yeah, where you can't rec- you you see people's faces. It's a this is a real thing. Yeah, um, you see people's faces, but you don't recognize them as themselves. Interesting. You know, like you look at your father, you're like, "That's not my father." Yeah, yeah. I can't remember the name of the movie, but that movie literally brought in a narrator to end the movie. <laughs> okay, no, I can understand. Like you know, on the way out, you know, like but it was so weird. It felt so broken. Where it's yeah. like. 
I guess there's a good or the right way to do anything. Um, and you start with one if you're going to end with one. I feel like. Yeah, like introduce it like a narrator for the like real quick in the beginning to say something, and then a little bit at the end to take something out. Right. Yeah. yeah. Like a like a play. You know. Yeah. Yeah. There's the kid reading the book, and like. Back in 1842, there was a man named Tom Jode. <laughs> and then the play starts. And then right. at the end, it's like, Tom it, Jode died. Tom Jode got buried under a rock with a frog and a piece of nickel. <laughs> 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 That's a wonderful story. That's, okay. Um, Next, yeah. next week, Tom jo- The Adventures of Tom Jode. <laughs> the Ghost of Tom Jode. His frog and his nickel. He's got a frog and a nickel. Watch out. Here comes Tom. But only piece of a nickel. Um, <laughs> yeah, yeah, but I, I I don't know what else to say about that movie. It's just such a bummer. I was so another, Yeah, another thing about the movie that made me not want to watch it is because I was going to get mad, and I've seen it too many times already, is uh, the guitar smashing scene. Because, oh, yeah. Because what happened, <laughs> people don't know what happened, they had, and it doesn't make sense to me that they would do this. And I almost feel like it's a, a case of um, like showing off or just, you know. Okay, so what they did is they brought in a, a period correct, uh, very rare, um, like 1800s uh, Martin acoustic guitar that um, obviously from a lot of not many f- things from that time frame survive and survive in good condition. So being able to have one that is still in very nice condition and playable and you, you know, would be like, Oh, I would have thought this would have been made yesterday kind of thing. Um, so the, the Martin people from the, you know, and Martin is one of the oldest, you know, most well-known guitar makers, um, you know, people, it's like anybody's seen Martin, everybody's seen, Elvis played guitar. That acoustic he was playing? Martin. Johnny Cash played Martins. Elton John, uh, or not John, John Lennon. Eric uh, Clapton. Eric Clapton, you know, unplugged. That was a Martin. List goes on and on and on. And uh, that should be clarified. He means acoustic guitars, of course. Too. Acoustic guitars, yeah. And so they brought in from the Martin Museum a period piece, like perfect condition. Uh, Camera, the, the model is, is most all those back in the day were um, at that time were parlor sized, so they were small, they look yeah. like little kind of peanut, peanut shaped. Um, not all of them. This one, I believe, this one was for the, sure from the sound, was it okay? Yeah. Um, because she Jennifer Jason Lee, yeah, they it play it part. first, but that's the thing, is what I'm saying is so they brought that in, and this the whole movie was or, or the, the whole scene was already designed that it was going to get smashed and they had gotten that guitar to be played and then there was going to be a break in the filming and then there was going to be a they're bringing in a stand and smashable guitar now you can get a for filming purposes just visually i have one in my bedroom right now a guitar that looks identical to that is still playable is cheap as shit and he can smash it, no problem. Why would you go that extra bit and run the risk of something happening to it? Because what happened is there wasn't a cut in the filming, and um, Kurt Russell grabs the guitar out of her hands and smashes against the wall. 
Now, explain to me the thought process behind that. Well, I, because I, I don't, I don't know that Jennifer Jason Lee knew that was going to happen. No, she didn't because the, her reaction in the movie yes. is genuine. Like, holy shit! Oh, what the fuck? That's why she looks. She I looks. Fr- she freaks out and then she looks over like behind camera because the people were there. Like the the owners of the guitar, the Martin people were there. The whole you know um, uh, film crew was standing there watching and. Um, somehow it didn't get, I don't know, get relayed clearly enough to um, Kurt Russell, but her yeah, see, reaction... I didn't, I didn't even know her, the story, yeah. and I remember when I watched the scene, and I was like, and it struck me in that scene, we're like, wow, that was the most authentic reaction that I've ever seen. Because she's literally freaking <laughs> out, because she knows... What she goes, no, is. don't. <laughs> yeah. like, no, don't do that. Yeah. That's what she says. Yeah. Um... So wow, I did not know that story. So every time I see that scene, and it pops up all the time in a lot of the um, uh, guitar stuff, you know, and discussions and things like that. So it was a eighteen seventy ish on loan from the Martin Guitar Museum, and yeah, there was just there's no longer okay, and also too that has now made it to where Martin no longer loans guitars from their museum to fucking films or anything, right? But why would you do that in the first place? Because like, no, like, sorry, have somebody no build one, it. Look, even even the most like eagle-eyed guitar expert that I know or have ever met or have never met that's out there is not gonna see. And there's a way to cut it. I mean, if it's if it's gonna, you know, if you can get the ones that are done well enough to where it doesn't have anything modern on it, it has the same kinds of ornate, you know, pearl inlays and all that kinds of stuff, the rosettes and all that kind of stuff, you can get it. And no one's gonna be the wiser. There's gonna be like, oh hey, and cool, yeah, a, they picked it's a prop like Tarantino theory a movie too, right? Right. So even still, even if it was a little funky, you'd be like, hey, wait a second. Um, you know, like like in Back to the Future, right? Back to the Future, the Marty McFly, Johnny B. Good, whole section where he plays at the dance. Right. Uh, Robert Zemeckis went to uh, Norman's Rare Guitars uh, down in Tarzana. I don't know if he was in Tarzana at that time, but done in Southern California, LA area. He was one of the biggest names in you know, vintage and used guitars and guitars in general. Um, and was like, hey, you know, we're doing this piece, doing this movie. It's a period. You know, yeah, 1950s. This is the you know, um, 1955. Blah blah blah. We need something for this. So Norm goes, okay, here this is, and they you know, we're kind of telling them the 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 story and the connection. I think um, was already set with uh, Chuck Berry and his husband Marvin Berry being the guy that had his slight hand sliced open. So he wanted something similar to that. So he shows them like, yeah, here this is what you need. You know, uh, I don't know if he actually offered about. Gibson um, ES-335 or something that was out during the mid-50s. And he showed him a bunch of different guitars. And Zemeckis and I think probably some of the other people were looking at him and going through them and all of a sudden saw another one. And they're like, oh, no, we want that one. He's like, well, that that's a, you know, like a late 50s, early 60s. They're like, yeah, but it, it looks, you know, kind of more futuristic. He's like, well, yeah, that's because it is from the future in your period. <laughs> like it's... <laughs> that guitar didn't... So... Anybody that watches the movie, that one is more noticeable because it's a very clear, like there's stuff that's added on those on that guitar and there's things about it that didn't exist in 1955. You know, there right. was certain things, the pickups and all that, you know, the, the selector, all that kind of stuff. So 
that I can understand. That one's another one of the big ones where people are like, yeah, it's the wrong guitar. But then it's like, you try to make the whole, like, the, the fan theory. I don't know if you've ever read, like, through, like, the the underlying backstory of fan theories or fan extended stories of what happened to stuff during the back of the future. It's kind of ridiculous. Yeah, But no, people I, try to say like, Oh, you just said, commit suicide. So yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You know, he's from the future. So maybe like, the guitar got brought or there was another visit or, you know, he's not the only Marty McFly and blah, blah, blah. No, it's just, you know, a mystic. Um, and it was solely, they did it. They did it because, and they didn't, no, they no longer felt more desire to have a period correct piece. They just wanted something that visually looked cooler. Now with the Hateful Eight, you only had so much going on as far as aesthetics and design and that kind of stuff on a guitar like that that would be with someone of that you know of that type and that type of place, and it's very. There's so many companies now making guitars that are cheap like that, that look identical. And from, you know, half a room away on film, like you're not going to notice the difference. When you have as much money as Tarantino had to make that movie, you could have paid a prop guy to make the exact guitar you wanted. And and that's what I mean. That's why I feel like the the fact of it was like bragging and it was like trying to gloat, being like, look what I had in my movie. It made our, like we had a piece that was, like literally like from the the 1870s you know it was like we had a part of the spirit of that time with oh shit it's gone gone you lost know, forever you know what i wish he would have had a better script <laughs> just everything better he should have just not made that movie oh, no, not after the first half yeah no, he just just made the first half just stop it. there and be like, yeah the just end. Say, man no exactly and you know what that probably would have done better because it was bring, it's bringing it back to the old like remember when movies were only like you know an hour <laughs> Yeah, you're like, what the hell just happened? Maybe he could start a whole new trend. Could have been like, whoa, what was I watching the other day? Forty-five minute movie, something from the '80s. Oh, it was. Um, have you ever? You know the movie House about the ghost house? Oh yeah. Okay, they made a second one, House Two. Oh, and then the third one, Ghost Horse. <laughs> ghost Horse. Oh no, sorry, that was my movie. The movie in your head. You remember my ghost ghost horse story? Oh yes. Sorry, <laughs> I gotta make that. Anyway, go on. Damn it. See, slow brain, heat, 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 not making the connections. Heat. But anyway, good movie. I'm watching okay movie. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so I'm watching House Part Two. The reason I'm watching this is I don't know why. Uh, it, maybe it's just the time that it came out. Sometimes when when we were younger, because we grew up in a television, uh, you know, when things are on the air, that's what you get to watch. Um, yeah, yeah. Maybe you have something on VHS. Maybe you don't. Maybe it just happened to be that House played a lot. House 2 played a lot in reruns. But that was like one of my movies when I was younger. I'm like, oh man, I used to love this movie. But I couldn't really remember it. I'm like, I'm totally going to watch this. And what is just incredible about movies from the 80s, I think Lam and I talked about this months and months ago and talking about weird science was how little they gave a shit about stuff that they fret about so much now. Like, oh yeah. Like now, you know, like we really, we that first a half hour of a movie at least now is just it's so important that they you know that you understand how everything happens logically and I'm not making fun of it I think it's great but there's yeah. also something amazing about how a movie from the 80s can do the same thing <laughs> in three minutes yeah no like, like montages it was just like nowadays you're they're so worried about you know um like 
continuity phase, mm-hmm. uh, things tying in, um, not over explanation, not too little explanation. You know, it's like it's so all over the place. They're trying to make everything just so, like, uh, I don't want to say perfect because none of it's ever come out perfect. But um, in the 80s, yeah, like you're saying, it's, it was just kind of some, you watch some 80s movies and it's just like sporadic. It's like, oh shit! How did we end up here? I mean, you watch it back then, and it's like, okay, this makes sense. But like, you watch <laughs> watch it now, and you're like, oh fuck! I thought we were just okay. Yeah, I'm I'm down with this. I get it. I'll, I'll just accept this. It's just it's kind of you know no real rhyme or reason. It's like, well, it's it's going in line of what we're saying. It's this happened after that, so it's uh, it's a good. I don't care if it was six years apart. I don't need explanation on that. Yeah, there's like no con- like no explanation. No connection me. either. Yeah. The the no exp- I mean the no explanation of things I think sometimes is nice because some movies fucking over explain things where you're like okay I don't need a physics lesson yeah <laughs> just it happened how about that just it blew up we don't know why move on to yeah. the next scene yeah. Um, yeah. not important but, to the story like in this movie have you ever seen it uh, it's been a long time so I can't okay remember. so that there's it's it, for everybody who hasn't seen it which is probably almost everybody listening it's not a, it was a very popular movie. Um, the house is kind of, I guess the best way to say it, it's kind of haunted, uh, sort of. Um, but there's like portholes to other places. Like a, one room becomes a jungle. Don't know why. It just happens. One room becomes a jungle. It all has to do with this crystal skull, essentially. Mm. Um, so they're, they find a hole in the wall. And the hole in the wall seems to go into like what is, I assume, a Mayan temple. Or something, it's, it's like, it's South American of some sort, Mayan, Incan. They don't explain any of it. There's a human sacrifice going on. So they go to climb into this. And the way that they find it is they brought this repair guy in to fix something. And he pulls on a cord. And the cord just rips a hole in the wall. And so they go in. And they and this guy opens his toolbox, by the way. It's the guy playing Norm on Cheers. John Rathenberger. <laughs> he opens his toolbox and pulls out a sword and says, wait for me. <laughs> goes with them, right? No, I'm not thinking anything of this. There's no explanation of why this guy is what he is. And he gives him a business card at the end that says, you know, like a handyman and adventurer. Like, okay, that's funny. But then um, he's packing up his toolbox again. And then it hits me. I'm like, his toolbox isn't long enough to hold a sword. sword. <laughs> you know, this is a full, you know, like a, what, you know, a normal sword. What is that? Like two, two and a half feet long? At least. At least, right? And this, you know, this toolbox is like maybe, maybe 18 inches. So it's it's just really like those little things that just happen. Or, you know, the guy starts a movie. He moves into this house with a girlfriend. And then there's a party, I'd say a fourth of the way through the movie. And this other girl shows up and kisses him. And then that girl gets mad. There's no explanation who this other girl is ever. He knows her. He hides her in a closet. I'm sorry. <laughs> where you find her drunk later with a bottle of champagne. No, and then they, they oh, okay, I'll take her home. No explanation who she was. Or why that, she's there. N- none at all. You never see her again. You never hear about her again. You never hear from her again. So absolutely no explanation why she's in the movie at all. All right. And then the girlfriend from the beginning leaves him. And I'm, I'm <laughs> watching it and I'm going, why didn't you just have him move in single and then you wouldn't like this literally those girls have nothing to do with the movie they just i, I mean it's like I, i'm baffled by it but at the same time 
totally entertained by it because I'm like, they just because didn't give us a plot point. I have a feeling maybe the movie was longer or something, and somebody's like, cut, cut, cut Could've. that, cut that. Oh, explanation? Nope. Now nah, we don't need that. Chad said explanations are done too much. Yeah. Or or <laughs> they were just you know they were like friends of a friend or something it's like oh put me in your movie. It's like maybe he's doing a favor. Maybe he's trying to get laid. Yeah, yeah baby, I'll put you in my maybe. movie. You'll be the drunk girl in my closet. Um, yeah, I mean it's eighties movies are like a a festering uh festering is probably a bubbling pot of creativity. I'll give it I'll give it that for sure. Okay. Because it's literally the writers going, Hey, what if I have this person do this? Yeah. Okay. Why? Does it serve the plot? No. But I just you know, like there's a woman in the movie who's actually she was on wings um later. But she's like this burgeoning pop star. Mm-hmm. And her and like uh, this guy shows up to sign her to a record label. By the way, the guy shows up to sign her is Bill Maher. Um, <laughs> but anyways, no explanation why it's important that she becomes that. So like that's the first she's in the first half of the movie, and then those two characters are gone. Hmm. So like they spend all this time like she did. I mean, it's okay. I mean, she's a redhead. I love redheads. And there's a scene where she dances in her underwear. So it's like, okay, well, maybe somebody just liked redheads and they wanted her to dance in her underwear. And that's why she was in the movie. Yeah. But that's what you did in the 80s, I guess. Yeah. I mean, the, the, the prevalence of cocaine in the of 80s course, might course. have something to do with it as well. Yes. <laughs> People sitting around going, you know what would be a really good idea? <laughs> if we got a redhead. Yeah. Put her, put her in, in her underwear. underwear. I got her to dance. All right. What else? I don't know. We just we'll figure out stuff around that. There is one beautiful line though where they're talking about her and they go, they go, you don't understand. She is the Madonna of the 80s. And the other guy looks at him and he goes, I thought Madonna was the Madonna of the 80s. All right, cool. If they left that in there without I was thinking it. That's why it's such a great line that he says it, because you're thinking it. You're like, wait a minute, Madonna, 80s. Hold on. Especially going back and watching it from now. That was her time. Like that's when she came <laughs> out. Uh, I recommend everybody watch like a. I guess you call that a B movie, right? Uh, yeah. I watch feel a, like it's hard to gauge like the '80s ones sometimes. Because um, like one of my favorite '80s movies is uh, Real Genius. Oh yes, With, back when uh, Val Kilmer was nobody. Yeah, yeah, yeah but it was. Enough people in that movie where you're going to watch it and you're going to recognize, you know, at least Meg Ryan too, right? Five. Uh, I don't think Meg Ryan. Um, what's the Washington? I'll look it up right now while you talk. Keep talking. Uh, talking. There's people listening. <laughs> Gabriel Jarrett is like the little boy genius. Um, William Atherton, uh, he's the sleazy professor, and he always plays a really good. Oh scene. yeah, the you know the reporter in um, Die Hard. Um, yep. just, you love to hate the fucking guy. Um, but uh, just like kind of a really good, decent selection of the 80s actors that showed up like uh, uh, Robert Prescott. Um, he plays the little ass kissing um, uh, like teacher's aide uh, uh, antagonist. He, he was in um, Bachelor Party 2 with Tom Hanks and he's great in that one. Um, all these but, uh, people are probably dead now too. That's the sad part. 
maybe maybe no john grease is still alive i think so many of those 80s actors just like dropped yeah what was the, mean, um, they're, all, they're all up there uh well, it's like watching um what's the one with rodney dangerfield uh back to what, school oh i was gonna say ladybugs I started watching that a couple of years ago and I was like, holy shit, Robert Downey Jr. was in this. And I totally yeah. forgot a phase of that guy's career when he was the 80s weirdo yeah. that used to wear like um, frilled shirts. Mm-hmm. Like, for people who don't know what I mean, like um, Shakespearean type shirts, you know, with I like... I want to be a pirate. Yeah, and weird hair. Yeah. And he was in something else as a villain, kind of looking similar, but then he was supposed to be a punk in that. And I'm like... Totally forgot about that phase of his career. But anyways, why'd you bring up Real Genius? I was just saying, because um, with Real Genius, like I feel like with, even though at that point in time, Val Kilmer wasn't, you know, full-on Val Kilmer. You know, he hadn't reached his level. It's It could be nowadays considered a B-movie, but I feel like that's just how the movies were in the 80s. You know, yeah, like, they, were, like they were all kind right? of, yeah, they were all kind of B movies, um, but that's kind of what's awesome about them because even Real Genius has moments where you're just like, "Whoa, how did we get here?" I don't know, whatever. Like, yeah, much like if an amateur, like they they feel very amateur, even though they're not. Um, even though I think now that I say that, I think uh, Real Genius may have been categorized as an indie film. Well, I mean, like literally it was the third thing he had ever done. Yeah. And it's funny that, you know, like... Right before Top Gun, though, I'm looking at the list. I'm not remembering this for anybody listening. So well, Top Gun was 86 and Real Genius was 85. 85. Oh, no shit. Wow, I didn't really do that. The so, only two things he did before that was Top Secret and an afternoon, ABC afternoon, after school special. Dude, it's crazy. If you look at him in Real Genius and then compare it to Top Gun... It looks. I mean, you you feel like there's a like almost like a five to ten year difference between like you think the guy you think Val Kimmler is like a, a teenager, yeah, you know, like a child, and then uh, in Top Gun you're like this, you know, this is a man, and yeah. it, it, he just he's, that's a crazy talent, right? He he's kind of a douchebag as a human being, from what I've heard, but and I've always he's liked a really him. talented actor when he wants to be. Yeah, I feel bad now because you know it's like, I don't know if you've seen any of thing of him recently. He, oh yes, he has the dog box now. Yeah, he's all. But he's. Uh, but I, I, mean, I thought something was I was hearing where he's getting better. Doing, he uh, has stuff. to because he's he's. I mean, if I'm looking at this list right now, they're doing part two basically of Top Gun, and he's right. in it. Yeah. So I don't think he could do talk box in a bunch of movies, and he's on one two, three, four movies that are coming out. Yeah. So, I mean, I could see, like, if you had the talk box, not to make fun of anybody that has that. No. Um, but if you have that, I could see somebody putting you in a movie, you know, like, oh, maybe he's an aging pilot and something yeah, they, happened to his throat. But yeah, you could only... Backstory play, to the character. Yeah, you, but you could only play that with, like, one character. You couldn't just, like, every movie he's in give him the yeah. same backstory. Same like, yeah. oh, this time he had throat cancer, and this time he... Well, I mean... To be fair, why not? Because there are people out there. Totally. But so it's like, why can't that be in every movie that he gets to be in? There's no reason why one of those characters couldn't be one of those people. So, you know, that's true. Going into that, 
that world we've talked about in the past about you know inclusion, but it's like is it inclusion for just the sake of um, being PC, or is it just like because? And I wouldn't even call that by being PC. I well, call no, but it's like, but it's virtue it's signaling. Yeah, because it's done for selfish reasons, not for right, yeah. Okay, yeah. You know, but, like uh, being PC yeah. theoretically is is the idea of like being. It's supposed to be. It's it's kind of been bastardized in many forms, but it's supposed to be being a good person. You know, like hey, I'm just trying to be correct yeah. with everybody. Yeah, but it, virtue yeah. signaling is like doing it because you want people to give you credit for doing it. Right. Yeah. Because you know that you're going to get praise of it. Yeah. Um, I was saying just the PC thing. I was saying because you know uh, I didn't I didn't realize you were going to be taking it to that direction. That I was going to go that way, but oh. saying like yeah, they could be doing it for douchebag reasons. Um, but uh. It's there's no reason why they can do it. Totally. So, I mean, that's when I was listening to something the other day. They were talking about Peter Dinklage mm-hmm. and how he he did something very daring early in his career when he was kind of nobody way before Game of Thrones mm-hmm. was saying, "I'm not taking dwarf roles." Yeah, and there's some um, little person actors that do that and fucking love it. Yeah. And I don't. I, mean, I I fucking love it. I was, that's I'm, one of the, that's one of the things that I liked about him in Age of Apocalypse. Mm-hmm. He was Trask. Yep. And not one word mentioned the fact yeah. that he's short. Nothing. Yeah. It's just like that's his character. That's who he is. The end. Yeah. No. It's and, just he's just Trask. That's it. And I th- I thought that was so. I mean, as, as somebody who writes characters, there are times when you need a character to be a certain thing because it means something in the context of the story. You know, like, like for example, Captain America, the original Captain America, Steve Rogers. The reason it's so important then that he was blonde hair and blue eyes is because his enemy was the Third Reich. Yeah. So he is this poster boy of what the Nazis would want and he's fighting against them. Yeah. So, so that has a symbolic meaning. But there are so many roles and so many characters that you make. It doesn't matter in reality whether they're a man, a woman, black, white, gay, straight, short, tall, in a wheelchair, um, walking with a with a limp. You know, like those things don't matter for the character. So there's no reason you couldn't open those kind of roles up to more people. Yeah, and I think it would make movies far more interesting. Because it would reflect real life more. That's the thing. <clears throat> yeah, so what I was saying is kind of like if if Val Kilmer, you know, if, if a, enough um, studios and people making movies wanted to take on, because they would have to then choose. All right, we we want Val Kilmer. You know, we, everything about him, we want him to be in our movie enough that we're going to completely dedicate you know, and we kind of redo or create a whole new part to the movie and figure out a way to have it all tie in and make sense solely because we want him in the movie. And then also too, it opens up like, Hey, you know, it's a person that actually does. It's not like you have an actor that's pretending to have, you know, what he's got going on um, and what he's using, how he is or whoever, you know, whatever situation might be. Um, But yeah, like with, I mean, with any, it, there's no, just have, you know, somebody that's in a, uh, been in a wheelchair their whole life, like, yeah, like, that, that's just 
who they are. It's the, you know, you don't ever acknowledge like, Hey, look at you walking up to me on the street. You know, it's like, you don't have to call it out. There's no reason to, because right. it's, they, they exist in the chair. You don't. Well, you, it seems like, like, especially when we're talking about like actors with, um, I guess the, the, the most appropriate word maybe to use is handicaps. Mm-hmm. Um, they, there's so much that can be done with, you know, like uh, imagine a doctor show. Mm-hmm. How many doctor shows have we had to the point where they're just repetitive? Like, oh, he's smart. He's a good doctor. Yep. He's an awesome doctor. He's smarter than all the other doctors. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> How about a doctor in a wheelchair? It doesn't well, have to be about the fact that they're in a wheelchair. Yeah, it doesn't. I feel like but there's something like that they did. You also wouldn't want to avoid the fact that sometimes that doctor would have to face certain obstacles that a person in a wheelchair would have to face. Yeah. And all of a sudden, what you've created is something that hasn't been done before, something that's not boring, something that's not repetitive. Yeah. How many, how many, how many more movies and, and TV shows do we need about drug addicts? I mean, we have so many. Yeah. But how many of them are about what it's like to be homeless? I can't think of one. Uh, there was, um, that based on a true story with, uh, Jamie Lee Fox, where he was the almost like a cellist that lived on the street of LA. Mm, yeah. Uh, uh the one with still- Robert Downey Jr. actually, right? Yeah. Yeah. Um, you know, so it, I mean, yeah, it's not prevalent enough. It's not I mean, enough. Considering how many Americans are homeless. But also too, it could be so much more, you could do so much more, or what was the other, um, was the blind side? Was that? With uh, Sandra Bullock about the football player, um, yeah, that was wasn't that, he wasn't was homeless, he, though, was he? I couldn't remember because I've only saw the movie once. I can't remember. There was something. Something happens that she takes him in. Okay, yeah, um, um, maybe he was homeless. Oh, yeah, yeah. I think you're right. I think he was like hiding out in the school. Yeah, she found but, him. Living but it's not really it, okay. The movie it, is more about white woman saves young black. It guy. is. It is. And the fact that it, we can sit here and talk about, you know, we could probably rattle off 18 different movies about, you know, fucking bullshit fucking you know drugs and well that's what i thought of it because i'm looking at the salt and sea right in front of me yeah salt and sea you know that was a good movie um side note um but like all that different stuff like what they make movies of now i mean why are we still fucking there's no point to remake fucking aladdin i went and saw that okay there's no point to remake that there's no point to remake like there's plenty of topics okay it's i mean you don't have to flood the market with you know um what people would call like oh that's a donor you know looking on the the the, the unfortunates of our modern world, but at least give it the fucking credit and um, try to do something about it because being able to make, f- you know, films and bring that to enough people's um, like, you know, put it right in front of them, then that's going to help well, it's just, raise the, you know, attention being paid to it. And it just uh, seems silly that nobody's even bothered to do it though. I mean, like, Regardless of like how good it would be to do it, like even it just seems weird. Well, it's like the same thing, you know. It's, how much money are they going to make on it? It's pretty much where they're at, you know. Yeah, that's the Doctors, sad thing. Everything, you know, is, that, everything goes down to marketing now. Yeah, no, it's you know, like that's why maybe that's why eighties movies were awesome because people just made them. They yeah, had a crazy fucking idea, and somebody's like, "Here you go. Here's fifty thousand dollars." Yeah, cool. <laughs> yeah, fuck. God, what can I do with this? I'm going to fill this house with popcorn. That, like uh, like in weird science, like I got an idea. How yeah. about if we suck the furniture up through the chimney, yeah, and then have a mutant ride a motorcycle through the house? Yeah, okay. <laughs> yeah. Yet we, I mean, like uh, for example, when I was thinking of the homeless thing, the only movie I could think of was Pursuit of Happiness. 
Oh, yeah, no, that's that one's a great one. But I, the problem with the reason I left that one off the list is because that's the quote unquote happy ending story, the rags to riches story. Yeah, I want to see the reverse. Yeah, no, it doesn't I, always I end right. Yeah. One movie, one fucking movie about what it's like for an average American to lose their house and end up on the street and not like have it be about anything else, but literally be about that. Yeah. Because that's so common. It's so prevalent. You know, I, I don't remember, I think it maybe it was lamb, but it could have been with you um, where I said something, you know, like people don't end up in poor neighborhoods. I think it was with lamb. Um, people don't end up in poor neighborhoods because they made one mistake. Right. You know, usually people end up living in poor neighborhoods because their parents were poor and their parents were poor. You know, like things happen, but then because of the housing crisis, you did see something similar to that. When, you know, when we had that recession, yeah, so many people lost their homes, yet we didn't write a single movie that I can think of no. about it. No. And I, to me, I'm like, if I was the Oscar, if I was the Academy, I'd be like, you make that movie and we will give you a little gold statue. Yeah. Because goddamn, nobody's done that. And why the fuck haven't we? Yeah. It's like not it's- making a movie about AIDS. Like, hey, here's a huge thing happening. Let's not make it. Yeah. Uh, it's, you know, it could be so many different things. It could be fear. It could be um, the people that are making the decisions really just not giving a shit. Um, and it could be the money thing. It could be all of it. You know what I, I think it might be is, this is absolutely a guess, but there aren't any writers in Hollywood that actually know what that's like. So they can't, and I'm not saying they're rich or anything like that, but they've just never, they, they have no idea. Yeah. And it, it seems like so, maybe it just seems like too much work to really find out, you know? Yeah. I mean, it's not that much work, but again, I mean, but when you could so just just, write another doctor fucking that, TV That's show. what I mean is like, it's just, they don't care, you know? Write like, another oh, show about how cops are incompetent. Yeah. You know, I mean, some of that, I kind of liked in um, uh, in watching House. Yes, when I was saying doctor the whole time, I was thinking yeah, of that show. Exactly. Yeah, because you know, drug addict as well. Yeah, yeah. he's he's got a um, you know he's got an injury. He's, you know, he's a little bit. Um, he's an asshole. Yeah, he's he's a drug addict. Um, there's uh, he gets in trouble. Like he has that one cop that like he did. I can't remember. He did something to. Um, oh yeah, um, David cop. Morse. Yeah, um, so he's got issues with the cops that he gets you know fucking in trouble for. He's that was a great show. Yeah, he struggles with his fucking relationships. He's fucking. Um, he's not your, you know, he goes to fucking yeah. He does all that stuff, you know. So it's like it shows the human flaw. Um, it shows somebody, um, you know, he struggles with his inability to walk and his bum leg and all that. So. Um, you know, that's the kind of the closest thing I can think of. And, you know, Hugh Laurie is such a fucking phenomenal actor that I don't feel like anybody would, uh, I would hope they wouldn't, you know, take offense to him portraying that over somebody that does, you know, have, you know, um, like issues walking or, you know, would have to have the same struggles as him. But standing, you know, I didn't know he was British. Oh, yeah. So after I watched the show, I was like, what? What a stellar American accent! Oh, it is. Some of those. And guys, I saw him on Friends, and I'm like, "What the fuck?" Yeah, no. And he's 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 an amazing musician too. He's just yeah, because that's really him playing the piano, right? Yeah, yeah. 
and the guitar sometimes, I yeah. think. I would love to see him and, um, uh, oh, Jesus, why? The damn heat has got my fucking brain. Um, uh, Jeff, brain, Gold- no, Jeff Goldblum? I would love to see those two guys get together and do a fucking like uh, double piano jazz show. Oh, that would be interesting. Because, uh, or, 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 remember the scene in Who Framed Roger Rabbit where oh, yeah. um, Daffy Duck and Donald Duck have a piano off? <laughs> Imagine a live action version with Hugh Laurie and Jeff Goldblum. I feel like Tom Waits would have to be in there too. Of course. He would. Be, oh my God. He'd be the cartoon. Oh, <sighs> uh, uh, you know, he, by the way, you know, House is Sherlock Holmes, right? Say what? House is based on Sherlock Holmes. I didn't know that. Yeah, he's Sherlock Holmes, and Wilson is Watson. Oh shit! I I watched about four seasons of that show before I I was looking at something on the internet, and somebody mentioned that I'm like, holy crap! All right. And then I watched the rest of the show, and I'm like, oh my god, it totally is. You know, like it's obviously he's he's a doctor instead of a detective, but he's all about the puzzle, right? He's got he's got to solve the puzzle. Yeah. And he has an addiction, except right. it's not cocaine. Yeah, he plays the he plays an instrument, but it's not a violin. Right. Pretty cool, huh? I like that. That's actually. Uh, I mean, that's you know, and I'm not surprised because that kind of stuff pops up all the time when you learn that, like, oh yeah, this is just you know, so and so's adaptation and inspiration of you know, this ancient tale or this Shakespearean this or you know, this, my fair lady. Yeah, this Japanese. Um, uh, uh, not fairy tale, but maybe fairy tale uh, mythology. Yeah, you know, it's all those things. Um, that's cool. I'm sending you something right now. And Where are you now? I would like you to read this out loud. Oh, <laughs> in front of the cool class. I was Here it comes. Hold on. This is a cover of New York Magazine that I saw this week, and you'll understand why immediately. I had to read it. Oh. Uh, so first, is he wearing like an Oompa Loompa outfit? I think those are a... bandages. Oh, it's bandage. Okay, I gotta open. I gotta blow it up. Yeah, you gotta read the black text, right? And then so the you have a very, you have a very beautiful, um, hazel colored eyed um, man. Colored eyed, huh? Colored eyed. I said hazel. Colored you said eyed. hazel colored eyed. <laughs> eye colored. Hazel eye color. Whatever. It's hot. Okay. <laughs> Hazel color. Yeah, okay, you're right. Anyway, I'm, I'm also I'm staring at his eyes while I'm saying this, and I'm kind of entranced. His eyebrows are fantastic. Yes. Uh, this is a Chad. A Chad is a guy every angry celibate man online wants to look like. Some will tear apart their face to try. Incel plastic surgery. Okay. <laughs> You can understand why I was like, does it say my name right there in giant letters? Yeah. What the fuck? So anyways, he is gorgeous. He's he's plastic surgery. So, um, lips. So basically (laughs) this is such, this is, there's so many different ways that this conversation can go wrong. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Looking forward to it. So, um, alpha men, apparently now um, have a nickname, at least within um, what is called incels. Incels are involuntary celibates, which I call people who can't get laid. Well, um, how do they got to categorize everybody like so drastically? Jesus. 
Well, I think when 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 you, it's kind of like it's similar to virtual signaling in a way, right? You know, like if you create a name for your group, then I don't know, it raises your importance by being a part of it. Um, Hi, Latte. Yes, he's awake now. Um, alpha men have a name too. They are called Chads. I'm like, fuck. <laughs> first, I had the Florida election. Now I have this. Yeah, you're first. You're pregnant. Now you're so, a celibate. So there are these uh, forums where these incels um, complain about not being able to complain or commiserate. Perhaps um, this is based on anybody that, if anybody is one of these incels that's listening. I'm sorry. This is based on a very shallow reading of a fairly shallow. This is my first time hearing about this magazine article. So if I offend you, stick around. I'll probably do it again. Yeah. Um, the uh, the forums posters blamed their plight on women's rising social power. So there's a, there's a dynamic of anti-feminism anger in this um, because they can't get laid, so it's women's fault, which <sighs> annoys me. Um, once upon a time, women without careers married for stability. Today, they inevitably spent their 20s riding a cock carousel oh. of the hottest guys they could land, settling for an ugly or average-looking man only when they were old and used, i.e. above 30. That, okay. uh, uh, I'm not sure. I just copied that out of the article. Yeah, I don't remember yeah. if that's the person who wrote the article said that. Or if they're quoting something else. So um, this is from the, the this article, the New York article. Yeah. Um, so Alice Hines. So the basic, her, those could be her words. It's her standpoint on what a Chad is, or that's just what the Chads believe. No, 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 no. That's what the incels believe. Chads, uh, Chads are the the cock oh, 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 gotcha, gotcha. carousel. Right, 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 right. They're the horses. Correct, correct, correct. So apparently what's happening, the reason that this guy on the cover has bandages on his face is these incels, these people, um, I, I believe it's men and women, which is why I'm using the word people, right. um, and maybe uh, gender fluid people as well, mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. are having their bone structures of their faces changed to look more, more. like for men. Yeah, actually, this is just men because it's about men. Um, the men to look more alpha male. Okay. Um, and it's, if you can imagine going in and having your bones in your face yeah. changed, yeah. it's a gnarly surgery. That's not normal plastic surgery. Yeah. And, and what I found interesting about this, um, this, I mean, I didn't bring this up to make fun of anybody or anything, What I found no, no. very interesting about this is I think it's fascinating in the sense that what we're seeing here is a manifestation for males. What we've seen happening for women for decades. Yes. That they can't live up to these standards and ideals, yes, of, of beauty. And now we're seeing it come down to men. Yeah. Now, I'm not getting laid because I don't have cheekbones. Yeah. Strong cheekbones. And I mean I I can't say that they're completely wrong. Um because I I will say in that article there are pictures of people pre-surgery and post-surgery and as much as I didn't want to say it, I was like, they actually do look a little more attractive, um, which is sad. Well, and I mean, you know, in your... Uh, um, was that a burp or a hiccup? It was a little bit of both. Um, a hiccup. Yeah. Um, uh, yeah, that's... I mean, because... 
yeah, you wouldn't have one if you didn't have the other. Like you wouldn't have guys feeling this way if you hadn't been making women feel that way forever, you know. And it's like, why do we as a society and as uh, a, in a you know a race of beings, why do we do that? Why do we put such uh, um, such pressure on ourselves and uh, try to bring others down to raise others up? It's like it doesn't make sense. So. Yeah, it's a vicious cycle. You're going to have the actions and the reactions and the reactions to the reactions. And um. I think what's what's sad about it too is you know like this obviously very obvious point here. The focus is on the the superficial, which of course, hundred percent. There's always validity to the superficial. Obviously, I'll, I'll be completely honest. I've never slept with anyone I didn't find attractive, mm. so. <laughs> obviously being attracted to people means something right uh yeah but it does it's not everything it's not everything but it I, does mean something i don't want to invalidate it completely and sound like i'm full of shit well the truth is we generally are attracted to people that's that, i mean it, it's not everything yeah, but, what, but it is the way that that part is supposed to work but what it what is it it you have to then define what you're giving the title of attraction to. Are you just talking visually only? Because... Yes, yes. I mean, like... For what if you're blind? I mean, you're... Well, I don't know. Maybe there's certain voices that they find attractive. I don't know. Okay. So it's... That's what I mean. Is But I'm saying that there is such a thing as walking through a mall and going, wow, she's hot. That is real. Of course it is. That does happen. Of course. That's all I'm saying, that that's real. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. But it's not everything. No, but yeah, we're, not everything. We're, we're placing value on that when, mm-hmm. you know, it's like, okay, these guys, they think because they're not attractive that they can't get laid. It's, <laughs> that's why the incel thing is funny because it's like, it's not, you're not an involuntary celibate. What you are oh, yeah. is someone who doesn't want to put in the effort other than surgery. Dude, yeah, if, 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 if had you your... became rich, I bet you get laid a lot. Right. Uh, if, if you became famous, I bet you get laid a lot. I bet it you if you were just super confident and full of personality, you'd get laid a lot. Hey, put the fucking video game controller down. Go outside. Fucking put on a clean shirt. Uh, I don't know. Talk to people. Uh, you know, I mean, okay, it's and it's hard because you can't tell what every single person's you know of course situation has been. You know, maybe they were raised and grew up in a situation where they weren't really given, you know, a, a nurturing or you know a positive example of self-confidence and um, self-worth and all that kind of stuff. Um, there's so many things you can play into it, but you can't, you know, one of my favorite you can't te- blame it on other people. Right. One of my favorite teachers growing up said one of the best things I ever heard. And I wasn't even probably fucking 10 years old yet. And he's like, look at the whole class and he's talking about different things and kind of how the shitty the world is and going over stuff. And, He's like, anytime you point a finger at someone, just know that there's three more fingers pointing back at you than what's pointing at them. I'm like, yes, that's 100% correct. If I'm going to start trying to blame others for my my woes and my sorrows and all that kind of shit, I times that by three. What did I? How, you know, what did I do? So, and what have I done to try to fix it? If you allow the world to take you down, and you allow, and you just let the avalanche of, you know, play the violin for me, 
Oh, everything. Oh, okay. nothing just comes to like that's a mentality these days. And I guarantee, I want to know the age range for these fuckers. Like, when did fucking this stuff start happening? Because I guarantee you, it's it correlates to the mentality that happens nowadays. And I, I've seen it so many times. I've worked with people like this, and they're just constantly just expecting everything to be handed to them, and get upset when it's like, well, I should be in this position because, because, you know, I deserve it. Okay. Well, why do you deserve it? Because I should, I, I should have it. Why? You haven't given me anything yet to tell me that you accomplished that position or that, you know, um, uh, you've earned that right to move up and to be recognized in that way. No. So, Okay, if you just sit there and you've literally done nothing and you're, you know, celibate and you're claiming that it's because because girls don't like me. Okay, well, how what? Just how many have you tried to, you know, get to know? How many have you tried? Oh, you're just just trying to get laid or you're just not even never going out and trying out, but you just watch uh, you know, E all the time and you see these fuckers sitting there, you know, talking about uh God knows fucking what on these stupid talk shows that only thing that they really talk about is the TV shows that have the other people that just you just follow around in their house, and none of that is real. And it's like, oh, all I do is I'm a, I'm a social media influencer, and I just do, <laughs> no, get the fuck out of here. Like, you're okay, so you have no life. So you haven't. What you're telling me is you have no identity. You're you're basing this on just oh, things just come to me then because everything. If you just never leave your house, everything just comes to you. I have a computer. I can get DoorDash. I can get fucking movies. I was going to say DoorDash. <laughs> I, can, I can fucking get my groceries bring to me. I can fucking flush my toilet and my poop goes away. Like everything. You cannot leave your house. So there's a whole group of people that will just, that have just completely lost touch of what it is to be a functional human being inside the house and outside the house. So if you you're, know what's if really you're, unattractive too? Is people whining about it? Right. Yeah. The whining. Like you whining? Guess what? That's probably why you're having trouble meeting yeah. women because but, no one wants to talk about. Nobody likes me, bro. I have. Okay, I can tell you that these people are just making assumptions. I've done it myself to myself plenty of times. Where I'm just like, yeah, she's at way of my league. There's no way that she would ever be interested in me. Not going to happen. Not million years. And do I bitch and moan and whine about it? No. Do I try to build up the confidence to just be like, you know what? I'm going to try to, you know, prove that I'm not a fucking weirdo and, you know, just try to show the real me and get to know this person. And boom, what the fuck happens next? Oh shit. I didn't, like, you, oh, you, you thought I was cool. You 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 remember seeing me? Oh, you you recognize me? Oh, hey, cool. You like me? Oh, that's so cool. I didn't have any idea. It's like holy shit. It's all made up in my head, you know. Like there's there's enough people out there that are superficial, and it's all about the superficial for them all to just organize and just kind of stick to themselves. The rest, it, there's a there's a lot more people out there. That aren't that hung up on that kind of bullshit, especially that, women. That you think, yeah, women are far, far more interested in who somebody is than you know, and men on average. And you know, I've I've even been in the situation too, where you know, I was shocked, you know, or not shocked, but um, I found out, you know, or I was comforted to find out, like, hey, cool, I'm not all into. I need more than just looks. 
you know, because there has been a time where I was, you know, kind of playing around with being involved with somebody and it was very, you know, um, gone slow, nothing serious right off the bat, just kind of letting things happen see as they go. And by all accounts, I should have been, you know, like putting it up on billboards. Like, look at me, look at what I've got going on. But I catch it was, oh, it was like trying to, trying to thread a sewing needle with a uh, <laughs> wet, wet spaghetti. Just, you know, it's like, well, not to mention, happy, you know, and it's like, and all of the, like the visual superficial stuff was there. And it was like, yeah, I could be a fucking sleazy, low down piece of shit, quote unquote, typical fucking dude. Where it's just like, look at tits and ass, blah, blah, blah. Like, no, like I need more than that. Like I need substance. I need to be able to sit there and talk to somebody. I don't care. The inherent uh, superficiality of their complaints here too, right? Yeah. It's it's not that they're not getting, uh, they're not getting the attention of women. It's they're not getting the attention of the women that they want to give them attention. So they're they're literally judging these women, the women that they want based solely upon superficiality. Yeah, because we all know one true fact, and it's it's controversial actually to say, but it's true. If you want to get laid, if that's it, if that's your only goal, anybody can do it right now. Yes, you just have to lower your standards. Hundred percent. Like, and and that's the problem with these guys that they don't want to lower the standards, right? Yeah, I want to know what who they're following on fucking Instagram and shit. I guarantee you. Yeah, I need to be beautiful enough to get this ten. Like, dude, you're if you're a four, how about you date a four? I bet you find plenty of girls that want to go out with you that are on the same level with you. No, you don't even have to do that whole. No, but what I'm saying is, at the very least, you could do that. Right, at the very least, yes, at the very least, yes. Because so, don't say it's impossible because there's that. It's not. It's not impossible, and it's not impossible for someone you know that looks one way to wind up with someone that everyone else would say, "Oh, wow." I would never right. saw that happening because but it happens. Mariah Carey's husband's like some old wrinkly dude. Um, plenty of attractive women with dudes and that and do not qualify. And it's because it's not a fucking about that. You know, it's about connecting with a person, you know? Right. It, if I lost my sight tomorrow, but and, I can't, I can't become a better person overnight, but I can get a bone surgery. Well, that's just fucking lazy. That's just fucking people. Well, who are the fuck are these doctors too, by the way? Why aren't they sending these people to psychologists if they're getting their bone structure changed? To have you, I mean, let's be real. I mean, you've seen what some people get done plastic surgery wise. So yeah, I, I feel like the gigantic fuck. I mean, I've seen portions skimming through fucking channels certain days where I, I don't know if it's ever still on now, but there was a fucking uh, like plastic surgery show, and it was just follow. You know, it's like any of those reality TV shows where it follows a fucking plastic surgeon and his fucking daily fucking dealings and i mean the guy is a piece of shit you know most of the it just paints the picture to me like oh so well, so in la that's what plastic surgeons are that's why everyone looks the way they do and they claim to be plastic surgery you know fanatics and that's just like oh because douches like this are just like yes i will do whatever you want yes let's do that oh look like just you go the chick goes in and she's you know um not even you know like i've seen ones where Guys, girls, all ages, 
go in and he just starts picking them apart. Yeah, you need this. This is wrong with you. And it's like, just because that's, you know, it's because yeah, what are these great. fucking parameters? It's not, there aren't, it, it's whatever these fuckers, you know, want to make it. Right. Well, and you know, that's the issue. When you mention LA too, what makes me sad is you see, I, I know for a fact that this is true, but there is the blackout period for actresses where they reach a certain age. Yeah. It, it seems to be getting a little bit better, but I would say for actresses, probably not better enough. Um, but you get to a certain age and they're like too old to be the, the romantic lead, not yeah. old enough to play a mom. You yeah. can't, and you get no work until you're old enough to look like a mom. Right. Yeah. Um, so they, they desperately try to battle it and don't get me wrong. Actors do this as well. Male actors, of course they go get all this work done and it just makes them look fucking ugly where it's like, okay, if you had just aged naturally, yes, your, your, your lips were thinning and you're, you know, you're, you're getting crow's feet or whatever. Oh my God, you're a human. And you probably look more attractive that way than how you end up looking after this shit's done. You know, like luckily for me, like one of the, I think one of the most beautiful women ever, Courtney Cox. And she started going through that near the end of Friends. You can see that she starts having things done. Um, And then there was a period of time where she was one of those duck lipped, you know, just like poofy faced. And I was like, oh my God, what did she do? She used to be so beautiful. Luckily, none of it was surgery from what um, she was on, like some survival show. I think it was that Bear Grylls guy. Mm-hmm. And her friends, mm-hmm. and she was talking about it, and she said it was. She's like, luckily, I didn't do anything permanent. It was yeah. all just injections and yeah, and, and all that shit. And she stopped doing it. Yeah, she looks older, but guess what? She looks beautiful because when you're attractive, that's your face. And yes, it's going to get wrinkled, and yes, it's going to your nose is going to do this, and you know things are going to change, but your face is still going to yeah. be your face. Yeah. Well, my 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 standpoint on it is. I'm not saying anything against like people getting things done to make themselves feel better in their own skin, right? To fix anything like that, you know, beauty is beauty, and you know, and it's not a a physical, um, it's not a physical thing. Beauty is just what it is. Beauty can be uh, displayed very, um, very powerfully visually, but you know. There's more to it than that. So if, you know, I would never criticize anybody for doing, you know, you know, self-care things, however they feel fit, as long as it's, you know, safe and, um, you know, not uh, detrimental to any other part of their life. You know, it's like if you're spending all your money on plastic surgery, but your kids are going hungry, yeah, you got a fucking problem. Yeah. Um, well, but, I had a friend but, who had... Um, Breast breast implants, right? And and that was probably like over ten years ago. Mm-hmm. She's had no regrets, so yeah. she she made she made a and it wasn't in in a spontaneous choice. She put a lot of thought into it, yes, and that's what she decided. That's what I want. Okay, fine. Yeah. No, this, I mean it's her body. Same thing. <laughs> I I have a friend, and it's uh, not like it looked bad. It yeah. looks great. Yeah, but she looked friend, great before friend. too. She just didn't feel that way. Exactly. It's right. You know. And we all do, you know, I feel better with a beard than without a beard. Me too. You know, so whatever. I don't I, like having I, a round chin. I get tattoos, you know, like I augment my body 
And it's not because I feel inferior or whatever. It's me. I feel more comfortable. I feel better. Yeah, I could augment my body to have a full head of hair again. I'd yeah. Do it. <laughs> you, you, uh, well, okay. Tom Bosley will help you out. Yeah, um, I don't want them ripping hair from the back of my head to put um, it on the front, though. But, That's uh, a different kind of bargain. You know, like, <laughs> cool. You're going to get, you know, your nose done. If that's what you need to do for you, don't. Yeah, and that's very. This, to what I'm, this is what I'm getting into: is the people that do these things for other people, like for other reasons other than, you know, this is me and this is what I want, and I'm I feel more like me because I did this. You know, like I'm sure the the people that get like the the super crazy, um, uh, like full on like changing their fit like to look like a cat or to look like fucking the red skull from fucking captain america like yeah like they're doing that for them you know right Uh, and that's because that's just who they are like yeah it's not a social it's not a socially accepted form of beauty so it has to be individual right yeah you're doing it for you beautiful that's awesome if this what we're talking about i say is coming from a thing of you're in your head, you're, you're not getting it, you know, you've lost touch or never had touch, you know, um, I would say, I guess that is what we're talking about. (laughs) They're not getting the touch. Um, it's, it's in a form, uh, it's a form of mental illness. Not, not in the sense. I'm not not smart enough to know what is considered mental illness or not. Um, Not in the severity of things that we usually use that term for. But if you are so worried about how everyone is looking at you, that you you need to change your body um, to and, to to fulfill what they want instead right. of what you want yeah. for yourself, yeah, you're, you're then there, there's an illness that's going on in your head of some yeah. sort because you obviously have no care for yourself. You're looking outward for validation instead of knowing, you know, whereas, knowing you know, like your some, worth off the bat. Someone who's born with with a with a penis that feels like they're a woman in and they change that. They're doing that, like you said, for themselves. Exactly. You're like, hey, because bad, people bad. aren't going to be. That's not going to be a popular choice. Let's put it that way. Well, people, pe- you know. people in people's family aren't usually very supportive of that. So you know that most of those people are doing it for themselves because again, there's not a bunch of people jumping on, going, "Yeah, do it." It's usually really difficult process to go through. Well, no, yeah, it's it's. I mean, it's difficult if you're coming from a place that you know that wasn't uh, ever like really a topic or like ever really addressed like you know you just knew that the people that you were going to have to have that discussion with and talk to and you know confess this and bring to light you never knew how they stood on it one way or the other you know it was and maybe maybe you did kind of know but time has changed and maybe they're a little bit more accepting of it, but they're not going to express it because to them, to that point, they haven't had the need to express it. You know, it's like they didn't, they're not aware unless it's ever been talked about. Like they're not aware that that person um, is feeling that way and is going to be going through those changes. So why would I just out of the blue, just be like, Hey kids, guess what? I'm cool with this now. It's like, well, if there's no context, some people just aren't that type, especially if they're not, you know, that expressive with, like their thoughts and feelings anyway, or if they're, you know, coming from a type of uh, mentality and like a culture thing where it's not, you know, normally uh, not just 
that specifically just to talk about things of you know certain personal nature you know so there's a difficulty in that from multiple angles um but you know uh, it's doing things that you need to do because you're like oh hey i just got you know for that instance like i was born in the wrong body yeah i gotta do what i gotta do to be who i am you know and right the more you try to uh even you as as the person makes it kind of a taboo thing like that's already going to make it a little bit more difficult because you need to get it out of your head there's nothing wrong with it you know like but yeah usually people are strong i mean it's it's mildly more socially acceptable now in the sense that at least it's a, a public conversation but i'd say that most people going through it are still surrounded by people that don't get it that um uh, don't get it but more so that do still accept and you know ha- have have sight of the bigger picture you know i of, think that only happens in like places like california the rest of the country there's not a lot of people going i understand and accept that it mm-hmm. hasn't happened yet that that I feel uh, like it pops up more often people still have problem with gay people right now in this country <laughs> It's, there's, I mean, there's people that still have problems with the same things they've been having problems with since before that was ever, you know, like, yeah, I mean, it, there's, it's not a matter of like, we're not probably not ever to see in our life. There's still racism. There's still, um, yeah, that baffles me too. You know, there's still all that kind of sexism. Shit. There's, um, there's, yeah, there's stuff that's been, been a battle since the beginning of time. And, you know, that stuff will stay around because that's, it's human beings, you know, they're shitty fucking people. But we make the leaps and bounds in certain areas, you know, to where you're, um, you have a, um, a community to go to, you know, and that community then rises and grows sometimes into more than a community, it rises into a culture. And then it's just part of what is humanity. So you're not, you know, alone. Okay. Right. About, you know, like, yeah, I got to, you know, um, come out to, uh, my family and it's like, what are the odds these days? Okay. What are that they're going to be accepting? Wait, how old are my parents? Um, you know, what's our cultural background? Is it going to work? Okay. You know, odds say that, you know, five out of my six relatives are going to be cool with it. You know, okay. It's, it's tough, but, you're going to do it. You have to do it because you need to do it for you. And um, you hope that this day and age has influenced and kind of opened up people's eyes a bit more. Um, but like going back to what I was trying to say, like the more you villainize it or allow, you know, that idea that it's, that it's outside the norm and it's not right. And that it's taboo. That's the wrong way to look at it because it's, it is right. You know, it's who you are. There's no denying who you are. And it's something that you know people have been dealing with and struggling with since the beginning of time because I can guarantee you there's been people that, you know, they didn't have the full-on explanation understanding of it, but you had transgender and all that kind of stuff, people from back in the day, from, you know, ancient times all the way on it. And I guarantee you there was, you know, like ancient civilizations, you know, Egypt and uh well, the difference, I think, it's like, it's part like, of it, the reason that people have difficulty, number one, is we live in a 
a, a country with with a specific moral perspective that they think that everyone else should have. Um, and yeah, but where does that come from? That comes from just uh, the, it comes the, from allowing it. But anyways, it I don't want to. I want to keep going down this hole because we're so far from where we started. I'm really um, deep in this hole right now. This is this is this is the exact opposite of what these people are doing. I mean, if if uh, and I mean the incels. Yeah, the back um, to back to the Chad Chad if, thing. If if someone was changing. Um, was going to change their sex because they're like, obviously, I can't get laid as a man. Therefore, I'm going to become a woman. Wrong choice. Mm, that's 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 dubious. That's definitely dubious. Where I'm like, uh, that's uh, I don't know that what you're doing there is healthy. Yeah. Um, and and it's it's very different than what we're talking about. Like this this stuff. Or if you're blaming, it's, blaming is the worst part of this. You know, blaming it on other people like, oh, women are shallow and this is all they want. How do you know? If I mean, exactly. if you're having trouble meeting women, I'm guessing you probably don't have a lot of conversations with them. So right. if you're not having a lot of conversations with them, how the fuck do you know what they want? Exactly. And you're going to you're going to base you're going to go and have your bones chipped and pieces added to your bones because you're afraid to have conversations. That's terrifying. Yeah. But, you know, it's it, it is how people are, you know, and it's like in their in their mind, they may never ever second guess it because maybe because they're just that shallow. That's just how they are. They they need nothing more. They need no depth. I know people that don't need, you know, that don't need depth and don't need you know to be able to sit there, you know, in the quiet and just enjoy the you know the company of another person and to open up to them and be sensitive and to be vulnerable and all that kind of stuff. I know people that just need that just carnal, uh, you know, we look at me, I'm a stud. I'm a, what was it? A cock, uh, was it? Cock carousel. Cock carousel. You know, I'm, like, <laughs> I'm just another horse on this ride, you know, punch another your t- phrase. I don't think anyone expected to hear on this show multiple yeah. times. Yeah. So, you know, like, Obviously, because I'm not considering this, you're not considering this. Obviously, there has to be a type. Well, of I am already alpha. a Chad. Exactly. You don't need to. <laughs> you were born a Chad, right? Apparently, I was born an alpha male, and I, I was born know. this way. Um, you know, but like these people, they this is just what they need. I guess this is what they want. Um, so they're gonna do it. Let them do it. They'll probably never regret it. Um, yeah, probably not. I mean, it's might, but I'll say this. Like I said, I will say this. For me, in my opinion, of how a person should be, at least they looked good when they came out of it. They didn't get these surgeries that made them look worse. I'll say that much. Like, uh, hey, you, you you did have you did get a stronger jawline. Cool. I mean, you don't look bad. You look nice. Okay. Um, I'll give them that. But you were fine before. True. Uh, um. All right. New direction. I got something for you. Okay. <laughs> Let's do this. So I see this thing the other day. I had to click it. Ex-pro wrestler implicates criminal Arkansas politician in 1987 slaying. 
I'm like, hmm, what's this about? That's, so that's, that's, that's a lot of moving parts. And then wait till you get to the real title. That's like the shortened title. So I click on it. That's just the clickbait. And I get to pro wrestler admits to role in 1987, 1987 unsolved train track murder of two boys and claims it was linked to a cocaine smuggling ring as he implicates criminal Arkansas politician in far reaching cover up. That's a lot of moving parts. Jesus fuck. So um, the reason I bring this up, you ever watch unsolved mysteries? Of course. I love that show. I still watch it all the time. It's on uh, Prime, which I think is one of the only reasons that I don't get rid of it. Um, I watch it all the time. I have DVDs even. So I'm listening to this. I I mean, I'm listening to this. I'm reading this and I go, wait a minute. Unsolved train track murder of two boys, cocaine smuggling. And I remember that there was a case on Unsolved Mysteries of these two boys that go supposedly went hunting at night. Mm-hmm. And then they had idea. They get run over by a train. Mm-hmm. So the they get run over on the train. They're laying on the train tracks. Um perpendicular. Right? Yeah, perpendicular on the train tracks. For people who don't know what perpendicular means, instead of an equal sign, you're a plus sign. Yeah. Going the, the ninety the, degree the, angle. The tracks were going this away, and they were laying that away. Exactly. So let's put it this way: when the train they went over them, to, they were north to south. Train was east to west. The only thing left on the tracks after the train went over them was the middle part of their body. So, like a cookie. Um, and one of the things that in the in the episode, I see, I've seen this episode many, many times. They talk about um, that the dad, the parents were not satisfied with the. Because first they tried to tell him, oh, the boys just got stoned and fell asleep on the train tracks. And they're like, so many arguments the dad was saying. By the way, I should say this first. I checked. This is the same case. Yes, I think we've all gathered that one. Yeah. So they said it was a weed, but then the dad was saying, he's like, number one, my boy. He's like, I know my boy. He never came home stoned. He's like, number two. He didn't listen to jazz music. Parents sometimes are wrong about that. We'll say right. that much. But he's like, I know my boy. He says that gun, he had his rifle with him. He said he'd love that gun. He never would have put it down in the rocks like that. Mm. Now, that is an interesting point. No, that is very, yes, that is useful so the, information. The parents, and then the, then they told him, oh, the boys committed suicide. That they did it on purpose. And they're Romeo, like, Romeo, Romeo action? Like, this is not going to, this, no. We we won't stand for this. So the parents just started hiring investigators and looking around, and they found in the woods near where the boys was, they found like this. Um, so this is 1987, so technology was very different. They found a radio, which looked like a little box with a giant antenna sticking out of it, sitting near a tree. And what somebody had told the dad was that these things were used as radio relays for smugglers. Mm. Right, everybody thought the dad was crazy. Now, remember in the title here, cocaine smuggling ring. Mm-hmm. So I'm going, wait a minute. So they they check it out, and in the bodies, in the boys' bodies, they've almost missed it. Number one, the boys were beating the shit. Well, yeah, a train ran over. Yeah, but they were beaten in a way that a train. Oh, couldn't. oh, oh! They were actually beaten. Got it. Yeah, the train almost covered it up, but they also found not on the bodies because of the condition of the bodies, but on the clothing. Knife wounds. All right. So the boys were knifed. Right. So this apparently now 
after how many years? This is 2018 to in 1987. So that is uh, what is that? 30 years? Four years? 87, 97, 7, 30 years. Mm-hmm. Now somebody's coming forward, and so one, they had one witness say that he saw two cops beating up the boys. Okay. And now this guy comes up. This guy used to be a wrestler, professional WWF wrestler. Who? Uh, is, that, is that like the big reveal at the end of the story? No. Billy Jack Haynes. I'd never heard of him. Billy Jack Haynes. H-A-Y-N-E-S. Yep, like the underwear. H- yeah, H-A-Y-N-E-S. Yeah. So um, yeah, he had a weird afro. His white dude with an afro and a beard. But <clears throat> anyways... One of the things he says oh, in there, yeah, I him. Uh, one of the things he says in there is that police were involved in the smuggling ring. Of course, they they always are. So now, now it's it, what I find incredible about this is you watch enough in unsolved mysteries episodes, and then you see the resolution. So it's one of the things that's cool about um, shit. I can't remember the name of the company that is owner that owns the rights to unsolved mysteries now. I, I can't remember the media company that finally bought it, but Cosgrove Media was the one who used to own it, and they they sat on it for decades and wouldn't let it out. And then this company bought it and put it on streaming like right away. Mm-hmm. And one of the things they did when they put it on streaming is, if they could, they would put updates. Now you know, like two thousand. Yeah. I think they re- released them in two thousand seventeen. So anything up to two thousand seventeen that's been solved or there's updates on it they just you know do a little flash screen and you can read it which Mm -hmm. is super cool but one of the things you learn going through enough of those watching updates or seeing updates of these cases is most of the time when people tell when say you know like the parents to just they can't grieve and they're having trouble and they're coming up with these theories because they don't want to believe this. You know, they don't want to believe that their daughter would kill herself. They don't want to believe that their daughter was was gay and couldn't live with it. Yeah. All these things. And most of the time, the parents are wrong. That there are things about their children that they didn't know. Mm-hmm. But now here's this case where it's like, no, the parents were right. The parents were right. Yeah. And I just, I love that. I, I, I saw it. I'm like, dude, I know this case. So we we see that so much on shit like Dateline and Unsolved Mysteries growing up and all that stuff where it's like the parent sits there and is just like, you know, I you know, the cops told me this, but I didn't believe it. And it's like they devote their life, you know, like it's or it's like a single parent, you know, that's all that the child was all they had and yeah, they their entire life to proving that, you know, the cops weren't doing enough and um Yeah, it's cool. Yeah, there was one case, I don't remember the, the name. But the, the parents were so convinced that the son didn't kill himself in his room. It was his room. He, they said he shot himself, but there was something weird about it that they had an investigator create, recreate the room exactly to scale in their house hmm. so that they could continue. Like, well, what if, so that they could go in there and reenact situations and things like that and literally try to solve the murder. It's kind of cool. It's kind of yeah. cool. I have a lot of respect for those people. My lot take. Uh, so interesting little bit of info I just uncovered about uh, Billy Jack Haynes. Uh oh. Um, and that it wasn't does, really an afro. No, no. It uh, it does tie into your story, or like you know, it mentions it because you know he 
has um, gained, you know, some not notoriety, but you know, a little bit more. Of, he's known for this whole thing of his involvement and in helping guide the the parents to to the body or, or whatever it is. Or what did they do? They said uh, he helped approach Linda Hyde, the mother of Kenna, one of the boys killed in Arkansas in 1987, an infamous boys on the track unsolved murder, and confessed to to her the part he played in her son's. Okay, yeah. So the title of this or the top. Um, X, you know, uh, in bold um, preface for this little article that I've yet to read through entirely is, <clears throat> as I as I quote, Billy Jack Haynes, a self-confessed former drug runner, has made a series of astonishing confessions in the past week, and this being the time frame of February 15, 2018, claiming that he was paid by Bill Clinton to kill David Kennedy, as well as providing, quote-unquote, <laughs> muscle for the Clintons during Arkansas drug drops in the 1980s. I saw those. Yeah, they're like, well, that's one of the, one of the things the cops were saying. They're like, well, we don't, we don't necessarily believe that what he's saying about the boys isn't true because, is true because he's, he's made other crazy claims before. Yeah. But the thing about it is his claims about these boys yeah. have details and that it panned he out. have. And it panned out. Yeah, um, but yeah. the other thing, once again, this guy's—I don't think this guy is a good guy necessarily. I don't—I'm no, guessing no. because um, I didn't notice this before. But at the bottom of the article, there's a video that says Billy Jack Haynes requests money to investigate murder. He has a GoFundMe, yeah, to investigate the murders. Oh, yeah. of kids. I'm looking at that video right now. I'm not yeah. watching it, but I'm looking at it, and he's sitting there looking like a little piece of shit. He does um, not look the same, does he? No, not at all. <laughs> The title um, of this article I'm looking at is Hired Assassin Confesses. The Clintons paid me to kill people. Mm. And there's a picture of him in a boxing stance wearing a purple button-up shirt. Oh, I've seen a, that picture. <laughs> yeah, with a, like, it looks like a gator. No, I think it's just a leather vest. Like a, you know, like a suit vest, but leather. Not like a biker leather vest. Um, and it's cropped in, pick-stitched with a picture of... Bill Clinton and Hillary Clinton from it looks like the 90s, but I'm almost positive that they chose this photo of the Clintons because it kind of looks like Hillary is clutching to her husband in like fear and that Bill Clinton is kind of holding her protectively (laughs) while Billy Jack Haynes is to their left and they're looking at his direction of where his picture is put in and he's standing there in like a boxing stance with like his you know tongue like kind of uh, sticking to the side oh god arkansas yeah other things that he's claimed that were far-fetched was he claimed that wwe promoter i think he was actually owner vince mcmahon fathered a child child of a now deceased wrestler and that steve austin is ultimately responsible for the death of rowdy roddy piper okay (sighs) okay well i mean it's hard to say with um, the wrestler stuff, especially during that era, because if you go back and see any kind of like interviews or tell-alls or you know, just you know, reminiscing uh, tales of those guys and what they did, there's a lot of crazy shit going on. You know, well, what about the murder? Yeah, the famous no. wrestler murder. Yeah. Um, who the hell was but, it? I mean, all of that. I mean, even listen, just stories of uh, um, Bruiser Brody, Jake, Jake the Snake. Listen to his fucking life, oh, fucking yeah. story. 
Yep. Yeah, he was on Rogan talking about it. Yeah. Dude, who's the murderer? So that I'm trying to remember this from memory. The guy who the guy who got killed was named Bruiser Brody. And that's a chime from my computer. Nice. 2017 marked 29 years. So last year would have been 30. So this is about the same time period. Mm. Um, I can't remember. I can't find the name of the guy who, who stabbed him. But apparently this guy just went up, from what I remember of the story, went up to him in the backstage of the wrestling, uh, you know, in where, where they, you know, the rooms yeah. where they're getting ready and stuff like that. And just stabbed the dude and then walked out. Hey, man, those guys were fucking... They weren't all there. They weren't. You know, they he, all had issues. He never got in trouble for it, though. I don't know the deets, man, but it's just you know, it's craziness. There's a little quick excerpt of, I guess, the Billy Jack Haynes having a, a meeting or his... In 1984, that politician slash drug dealer asked me to kill David Kennedy. Who I later learned was the son of very well-known politician Robert F. Kennedy, the brother of John F. Kennedy. He's saying that in the eighties, he said Kane's connections and criminal activities in the eighties were dark enough. But when he was introduced to the governor of Arkansas, things went from murky to pitch black. Is this on? Bri- this isn't on Breibert, is it? I. What am I on? I'm on News Punch. News Punch. Newspunch.com. Is that like Fruit Punch? News punch. Yeah, I think so. High in, high in sugar, low in fat. Um, or maybe it's the opposite way. Nothing about this is sweet and all. Seems like it's a lot of fatty bullshit. After multiple meetings with Bill Clinton, including one meeting at Hillary Clinton's place of employment, the Rose Law Firm in Little Rock, Haynes was asked through Eddie Graham to murder someone on behalf of the ambitious Democrat politician. You sound like late edition. Yeah. Dun, dun. Yeah, what were the, what were those shows? There were those fucking shit shows. Like Inside that. Edition. Inside Edition. That was it. Where they had the um, it looked like they took the 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 triangle out of the magic eight ball and had the like warehouse um, records zigzag that came across it. Yeah, they were basically social media before we knew that we. Yeah, no, that's what. Yeah, that everything that we get now. Like I was reading before before we started, I was on. I pull my computer up and obviously Yahoo pops up and I'm just like looking at all this fucking bullshit. And it's like nonsense, nonsense. Oh, look at this. Duh, useless information. Clickbait, clickbait, clickbait. What is it? Trending. Father's Day. Number one, cargo shorts. Number two, beer glasses. Number three, Tavas. Number four, uh, pattern canvas. It's like... Okay, where's the smart wool socks? Massage chair. Ugh, God. Cuba Gooding Jr. accused of groping woman at NYC right next to mystery surrounds abandoned baby boy. It's like, like okay, you're, you know people are going to sit there and lose part of their work day because they're just going to be clicking on, ooh, I got to go back and find out what happened to the Dominican Republic faces tourist backlash after David Ortiz shooting multiple deaths right before I go to transfer my debt. No interest until 2021. Ooh. Oh, the Golden State Warriors beat the Toronto. It's like, ah. And what happens is people grab those headlines and never read the things. And then they tell other people the headlines. Oh, hey. And And then that becomes the news. Yeah, did you hear that Chris Pratt was criticized for snubbing Anna Ferris and his son in his wedding Instagram? 
move on. Oh, hey, Megan McCain says Gwyneth Paltrow's living situation with her husband sounds like rich people stuff. Rich junk. Yeah, cryptocurrency CEO who paid $4.6 million for lunch with Buffett. It might be unrealistic. And this is our world. I don't look at this shit. It was the first time I looked at Yahoo News and forever, and it's like, oh. How is Yahoo things. even still fucking around? After, yeah, after, after still around, dude. Well, I mean, after selling fucking admitted and getting in trouble for selling the email addresses of every user, how were they allowed to stay a company? Um, I'm pretty sure that we've seen enough um, kind of nonsense in the in the world of corporations and uh, you know companies of that level, and just you know business in general. To where it's like, okay, there's no like. You can you can get away with whatever the fuck you want, you know. Yeah, I guess if PG and E can get away with purposely Burning down, no, just, I was going to say purposely poisoning people with chromium seven. Yeah, that um, being negligent enough to you know cause the explosion of like you know an entire city and then burning down countless um, parts of the state of California. Um, yeah. You remember Aaron Brockovich, right? Movie yeah. With yeah, I've, yeah, I've got it somewhere around here. It's again, it's been probably years since I watched that. I mean, that was, I that mean, was where the story is. Okay. Probium poisoning. Yeah. Where they, they were putting shit in the water. Not only was it, did they know that it was causing cancer in all of these people, but they told the people that the stuff was in the water, but that it was good for them. It's good for you. Crony. Oh, Lord. So, and somehow they were they're still a company. That's why when I heard all this like, oh, PG E might have to go bankrupt. First thing I thought was good. Yeah. Nuke them. Fuck that yeah. company. Fuck them. No, yeah, poisoning no. fucking poor people. Man, that's that, I mean, somebody should have to fucking go in front of a firing squad for doing that. If if you really want to, you could just keep digging. And you could find similar stories spanning all types of different, you know, like from energy companies to fucking uh, food and beverage companies to fucking pharmaceutical companies. Like everybody's on that level of that kind of, you know, because they get out of control and they get out of hand and it's like money, money, money. Um, They've all dipped their toes into fucking murky shit. Into death. Dipping your toes into death. Death toes. Coming this fall. Coming this fall. Hey, you know, let's talk about something. I got a question for you. I got an answer. So, um, Lamb and I, at the end of every episode, we do challenges. Mm. We haven't figured out our thing yet. Yeah. How how should we end every episode? Have you thought any... We don't have to answer it now, but let's talk about it. What kind of stuff can we do? Mm. Obviously, I don't want to do more challenges. I don't want to do fucking two challenges. Yeah, let's just do the same thing I do every time. Um... Come here, buddy. Good boy. Say hi to Tom. What up, Latte? Hmm. Let's see. River cruises. Uh, oh no, we can't do yeah, river can, cruises. Get, no, I'm just going to see if I can get some sort of inspiration from this, <laughs> this bullshit page of Yahoo News in front of me. It's definitely something to think about. Where it's like, hmm, maybe, and it has to be. Some, I feel like our show when you and I do the show. Yeah. It's a, it's very different than when Lamb and I do it. It's but a in stark some, contrast. It's in some ways it's very similar. I feel like the last episode that we did was 
um, very much along the line of mm-hmm. what Lamb and I do, but the way that our, our energy is, is different. Like you and I yeah. like to push um, um, back and forth more. We yeah. have um, more of a, you know, like cannonballs thing. Yeah. So, so I'm like, hmm, I feel like um, there's a little bit more snark to our episodes. So maybe we should, the way we do something in, and maybe it's something snarky or something ridiculous. Okay. So let's start All thinking right. about that. And uh, I, I said this in the last episode that I just recorded with Lamb. I think it went out today. If you guys have feedback on the episodes with Tom and I, I don't have a social media. You can always just spam the shit out of Tom. Yeah, go for it. <laughs> At Sir dot beardo period period <laughs> period beardo period uh, oh you know what it could be mm. i think that we could find um so i don't know if you've had a chance to listen to the last podcast on the left yet mm-hmm. but when they do their side stories they do this thing like hero of the week and it's usually funny because it's like somebody doing something ridiculous but they're like it's also kind of funny and cool yeah. um maybe since we tend to bring in weird news things Maybe at the end of each episode, we could save something short for each other. You know, like tweet of the week or whatever. Even though I'm not on social media, I wouldn't be able to yeah, do that. Yeah. Or like random fucking thing I found that's, you know, one sentence, two sentences. So yeah, it's not yeah. a conversation. It's just like, here's some shit we drop before we leave. Yeah, I get you. I get you. Yeah, just this is, by the way, the people were letting you hear this. This is the way ideas formulate. For it podcasts, is. you talk and then you go, maybe, 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 and then someday you figure it out. <laughs> and a dog kicks me in the balls while he jumps off <laughs> my lap. Take this, you son of a bitch. All right. Um, he's up, so I got to take him to the bathroom. So, yep, yep. That, lots, that's, lots, that's lots. how we're going to end this one. Latte has to go potty, everybody. Ringing the piss bell, AKA his dog tags. Ding, ding, ding. Take me out. All right, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, children of all ages. Days and others, who's and what's. Theirs and hers and any other word that you prefer, I'm more than happy to say it. Um, Thanks for listening. Tell people about the show, please. Um, If you'd like to support me on Patreon, you can go to Holyful... Sorry, that's my website. Patreon.com forward slash Holyful Productions. and hopefully, Tom, you're going to have a Patreon soon? Very yeah. soon, probably within the next few days. So probably midweek. All right. And then we're going to push and make sure Lamb gets his done. Yep. And then when you guys click that link in the end of these episodes where it says support Holy Fool, and, and, or it says support Random Badassery, that is, instead right. of going to my Patreon, it's going to go to a landing page with a link to all three of our Patreons. And probably, I would say, probably a paragraph description of what each of us do on our Patreons. Yeah. So, you could decide which of us you'd like to support. It would be amazing if you supported all three of us. That would be spectacular. We're, we're quite special. We're, we're special. <laughs> um, no, we're willing to do cool things on our Patreons that make it worthwhile. And you'll also be helping to support this podcast and cool things that we want to do in the future, like the studio thing, which I brought up in one of the episodes yep. with Lam and you. And I have another idea that I haven't told either of you about, but this is a long way off. It'd be really cool to get like a Winnebago and the three (laughs) of us travel the country and do podcasts from all over the country, including with random people. That's an idea. I'm bringing in the real random. I like it. I like it. That's an idea. That's an idea. That's a possible thing that, that can happen someday with user support. Yes, you people. 
Yes. So keep that in mind. And eventually, Lamb and I are going to, or Lamb and I, Tom, this is Tom. Tom's here. Yes, it is. Hi. Hello. Uh, uh, Tom and I are going to figure out that's two years of practice of saying Lamb uh, <laughs> coming yeah. out. Well, I mean, it's three letters, both end in M. It's fine. Yeah. Yeah. Um, oh, I didn't even realize that. Damn. Damn, Tom. Damn. I tell you, man. Damn Tom Lamb. I, fuck, man. I tell you, I got vision. The rest of the world is bifocals. So eventually we'll figure out how to end these episodes with something that uh, brings some cohesion. And until then, we're just going to stay as random as possible. Just say fuck it. So uh, bye-bye, babies. Peace. Peace. <laughs>